Hello, everyone on the internet and cyberspace and wherever you're at. Um, this is the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 213 with probably one of our most requested uh, um, guests to come back on the show. It's been six years now since episode eight when Vitaly came on the show for the first time and he just made a huge splash. And I, th- I know he affected so many of you who have less- listened to that episode. If you haven't for some reason, I would highly suggest go back and listen to that episode because it's a segue into this episode. But it's amazing to have Vitaly back on. It's just uh, his energy, the way that he looks at things, his perception of reality, all of the above, the things that he learns, the books that he shares, all of the resources that he's openly willing to kind of give to the rest of us is just really awesome. It's very refreshing. And we go super deep into this episode and we go far into things and it's just a, it's, it's one of those real natural podcast episodes, I think, where it's my, some of my favorites where this, the conversation just flies around. So we really hope you enjoy this and, um, yeah, six years in the making. So here we go, everybody. Episode 213 with the almighty, powerful Vitaly Bogorov. Dude, it's been, fuck, I'm looking back at the, it's, we recorded our first episode together, your episode eight of this podcast. I think we're at like 220 or something now. Wow. And th- that was in 2013. Okay. Well, more than five years. It's been a lot of time. <laughs> That's Hello, crazy. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. What's and, up, dude? And you are, your episode, I, I do enjoy almost all the episodes that we do, but your episode in particular is one of those that really changed my life personally. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. And I know it's changed and affected a lot of people. So you've been easily at the top uh, of everybody's requests. Like everybody's like, get Vitaly back on, get Vitaly back on. We want Vitaly. Um, Oh, wow. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Um, Everybody needs you. They need need the brothers. (laughs) So, yeah. So, but yeah, man, super happy to have you back on. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Thanks for yeah. having me, seriously. I appreciate the invite, and uh, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we have this long stretch, and you know, there's like fresh. Hopefully, there is fresh meat. Yeah, uh, you I know, think so. so. Like always, there's like something new to talk about. I think I feel like even at the time, even though we like talk for like three hours, there's still things we could talk about. So it's always a pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, we talked for almost three and a half hours. The oh, first shit. episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a long one, but it was just like. Um, Sometimes I like to just let the, the conversations go and I try not to think about time. And I know there's so much useful information in those first early conversations too. So like so many people enjoyed those and got so much out of them. So um, have you, when you did that episode, did you have, did you experience like anybody's um, responses to you? Like, was there anything that you experienced? Did people write to you and tell you that that you had an effect on them positively and stuff? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. That was quite a a surreal experience because, you know, I felt we were just, you know, sharing what all the artists do at the time, you know, and it's, and I, yeah, I was kind of blown away by response that some people like really felt like that was exactly the kind of information they needed to sort of either just to go through a kind of rough patch in the art career or just kind of motivation. And on the other hand, it was also very cool to get responses of people with uh, some of the answers to the question that we ask. You know, like I, th- I think 
we mentioned a few things that was kind of just hypothetical questions and certain things and people would respond like, hey, do you check out this, uh, this book or that book? So mm. I think just the sense of community was um, very invigorating, I think. Yeah. It was just like very cool from from all kinds of different artists from different industries too. And I think this was also one of the, I think one of the unexpected sort of take takeaways from it was, uh, I think some people at Intuitive Surgical, which is the, the surgical robotics company that I um, started working on, like maybe like six months after the podcast, I think somebody heard the podcast there and they actually like, liked the kind of some ideas I talked about and that led to, you know, to, um, eventually actually went to, um, to work with them as well. So that was really cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't know like what happened first, if they saw this stuff and then they heard me talking about it or if they heard if they, you know, heard the podcast, but either, or like it was definitely a, a complimentary thing. So that was really cool and something I didn't expect. Wow. I think your genuine openness and your overall positive energy is really infectious. And so I think everybody that interacted with that episode via listening to it is just like deeply impacted. And, and it's you're so unique, I think, in this space in regards to just like the artist space because of your, you have such, like I've taken so much from what you've learned, that you've taught me and like the books that we used to share. And like, I just got back from Vienna, as I mentioned, and I put a lot of this knowledge and these thoughts into my like speaking events because oh, wow. it's Thanks. so useful. <laughs> like, like eat that frog, the priorities, like, um, you know, I remember, I think I can't remember how I was prior to our episode. I probably wasn't as motivated or I was maybe motivated, but I didn't have like the good foundation. But I think after that episode, I just, I was like, well, okay. Like, I just spoke with like a real pro and your approach was so like, it was so strong. So I really appreciated that. And it was just, um, thanks Thanks so much. It is cool to have this, this long, um, in between. I'm surprised that you, cause I've been bugging you to come back on for the past year or so. And you were like, yeah, "Yeah, leave me alone. I got to finish my game. You know, felt felt bad (laughs) for not doing it because in, you're busy doing that. It's two hours is kind of easy to, um, uh, you know, to kind of take out out of working day and do this. But I think the the bigger question for me would be always like, what's, is there anything, you know, I would actually love to talk about just, you know, as a kind of having a conversation. And there's this, always this thing that kind of what's in your mind. And usually like everything is on my just a current project and you're sort of trying to survive yeah. between the projects. And you know, recently I've been more active again, you know, like just reading and, and listening to podcasts, of course, while working. But at the same time, I feel like the intellectual sort of hunger it, it, at the point where I'm stoked to just just excited to you know have a conversation. And I think like going back, you know, what we you know talked about so many like what is it, five, six years ago, it was so healthy. I feel like kind of I'm, I'm happy to hear it was good for you because I feel it was also good for me as well. And I'm just very happy about this opportunity to bounce some, you know, thoughts, ideas um, around again. So I'm sure it's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that from our last one, I think one of the big things that's happened is I've, I've changed a lot too. And like, so have you and you've progressed and there's a lot of different things that have happened. And like, I think it would be really great to get out of this episode is to maybe touch base on the, like some of the things that have worked so far that we've kind of tried um, some of the books mm-hmm. that have deeply infected us, like affected us positively um, and th- things like, I think it's also good because I think for people that are listening that might not be on say your level or are trying to reach your level to understand also that there's failures in there and like 
what you did to overcome those. I think you have a really strong mind state, which is really great. And I think that if there's ever anything that I learned from you is just like have a good positive um, mind state when you're approaching like difficult problems or tasks and stuff, which um, I think is the best way to approach it. But at the same time, I think to a, an outsider or a stranger, they're going to be like, man, these guys aren't even human. It doesn't make sense that they're just like positive, you know? So like how to overcome those things, I think would be really cool to, Right. I mean, like, in, you know, like usually and that's kind of the problem with the overall, I think, with also social media today, because usually all you see is, you know, things that are working out and you rarely people post and say about like, OK, this thing I tried, it is totally didn't work. Yeah. Or, you know, today I don't have much energy. So usually you would get this kind of skewed perspective on things that is not actually what's happening in reality. And this can have a negative effect on, you know, the people who. Uh, you know, watch, let's say, like, follow your career, whatever. And um, so, yeah, I think it's important to mention that uh, everybody's, you know, has rough patches and, and everything. And like, you know, one thing that's particularly been interesting for me, and like looking back at the podcast that we did, um, and I could be wrong about it, but I think at the time we were like really, we were really focusing on this uh, kind of trying to solve this equation, kind of like bigger, stronger, better, faster, you know, like this very... <laughs> Kind of like, hey, how, how can I squeeze like 70 hours and 20 hours and things like that? <laughs> yeah. And this is all a great. And at the time I was particularly obsessed about like finding best ways of doing that. And then, you know, like what now I'm really sort of puzzled with is trying to really understand uh, how do, can you keep doing that, you know, with meaning and, 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 you know, how can you enjoy that state and how can you prolong that state? Because... Uh, like, like, you know, with everything else, once you discover a certain approach and there is certain novelty in the approach and that novelty itself can keep you stimulated and excited and it works for some time. Right. But that's after some time, it kind of fades away. And I think I remember, was it, uh, like Arnold's, like one of the older interviews where he would say, where he was saying like, after like 10 years of lifting weights and it's like, let's say doing the same exercise every day. And you're trying to like, what is the other way to live the same dumbbell, right? Like, how can you like do slightly different to keep yourself sort of uh, interested, right? And excited about it yeah. and keep it fresh, right? So I think this has been a sort of my big question, like over the past few years, how, how can I keep that state of mind, right? So I've been trying to kind of dig in into this, what that really means to, you know, to stay motivated, right? What does it really mean to stay productive in a meaningful way, right? So it's not just mechanics of like bigger, faster, better, stronger, but also, uh, why are you even doing this to begin with? Right. Yeah. Um, so this has also kind of been on my that's mind. A big too. Question. The yeah. big, that's the biggest question. Why almost, right. you know? Yeah. Cause that everything stems from that. All your motivation comes from that, that fuel, you know, that fuel source. Yeah. I exactly. have my own motivators, um, but I'm always curious about you and what you motivates you because I see you bouncing around a lot too. Like I think when we were f first talking, I think you were, still in games or you just got out of games? I think when we were talking, I was at uh, Industrial Light and Magic working on Transformers movie. Okay, that's right. Yeah. And I, I was like Transformers 4 or 3, the um, Age of Extinction. And so, yeah, I was still in, in movies. And right after the movie, uh, I started doing more industrial design. I kind of refreshed my portfolio and stuff like that. So I went and started working more on industrial design work. And 
So, you know, over the past uh, five years, I kind of went from movies to industrial design while still working in movies. And now I'm back at video games while still working in industrial design. So in a way, like I split mm-hmm. my working week between kind of doing both. Yeah. And uh, again, like my kind of goal being here is to like find what is the field that I could be excited about and a project I could be excited about. So I'm 100% all in. Yeah. And if I cannot be full in in the project, then I need to do something to make sure I'm all in, right? So this this kind of state to be all in is is has been very crucial for me because like okay, I need to be really sort of honest with myself. Um, what do I want out of a job and whatever I want? What is the project uh, that I could be doing so I give myself fully to the project? So that's the only kind of thing that would give me this peace of mind because you know at the end of the day, you go to bed and you know, to you know get some sleep knowing that you give you a hundred percent. So I like it kind of the, um, you know, in, in, I guess, I guess like in my early twenties, it was more about just like, Hey, whatever it is, I'm just going to like do it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the more the side of me personally enjoying and having fun and, you know, having connection with people that I work with and like, you know, the sense of, uh, you know, the good team, the sense of like doing something together. So this, I think, I feel like this been uh, growing on me in terms of its value. Right. So, and I'd say like at the end of the day, it all comes down to, am I entertained with the work I'm doing? Like, is it fun? Right. Yeah. And because like, if it's not fun in the process, then how do you even going to overcome the, you know, the difficulties that every project has its difficulties. Right. Mm. So in a way, this is like a very, a purely sort of utilitarian approach to it. Like, okay, what's the, what's the maximum I can squeeze out of me as, as being productive. Right. And you can like approach it from different angles. So the angle of, if this is something that I'm enjoying, then I could probably push myself a little more, right? Than compared to something that I'm not fully enjoying, right? Always. So I think like the being able to really enjoy it is becoming more and more um, crucial for me. Like I, I read I read this meme, I think it wasn't say like, happy is the new rich. And I like totally kind of totally resonated with me because uh, that that's kind of where it's at, right? Like you want to enjoy the the process, right? And enjoy the underlying what's the project stands for and, and you could you know it could come from from different things it it could be because of your role in the project it could be because you like the setting yeah uh you know for for people who like know me long enough know that i started before doing um you know science fiction stuff i was really into dark fantasy right so i'm still am and it's been a huge um kind of fun fun journey for me to work on the dark fantasy game right mm-hmm. so like things like that i feel like it's it's crucial to be um, very honest with yourself. And I, I feel, I feel like the sweet spot here is to look at what's your, you know, kind of natural inclinations. And, but that, I mean, like looking back, going back, what, when you were a kid, things you enjoyed doing, right. Yeah. And, th- and things you were really good at combining with the things that you want to be doing hmm. and trying to sort of establish this path. That's always kind of on the verge uh, between where you want to go and where you kind of strong have a strong fit now, and I heard this um, expression from about the learning, right? That you want to have you know one foot in order and one foot in chaos, right? So mm. that way you have like a very strong standing for real genuine growth because your one foot in order would be your knowledge, right? Your expertise and your past, right? And whatever you've done, kind of been there, done it, and that uh, experience you would gain 
confidence that, you know, is originated in competence, right? So you're confident because you're competent. So that's your kind of strong base. And from that base, you kind of attack these areas that are adjacent that are the, you know, your, your other foot in chaos. Right. Mm. And that's, and I really like this notion because I start to see it more and more yeah. because that's where the real growth is happening. Because yes. if you're both food, if you both feet in order, you're just complacent. You're never really yes. growing. You're never really trying anything. And if you both, both feet in chaos, that's just too much. Yeah. And you're, you're still not gonna, getting anything done because you're unbalanced. Yeah, exactly. And it's just too much to carry. It's overwhelming. You get stressed out, you know, maybe you're going to work, uh, maybe it works out like a short term, right? But long term, this usually never means anything good because you might end up with like imbalances in, in like just basic life and work balance. You know, you might burn out and, you know, the cost of burnout is that the recovery time is too much, right? There's all this stuff, right? Yeah. Health issues or whatever. Might right. Happen. Or just like ruined relationship or you're making some stupid decisions. So and I feel like, like going back, uh, let's say like even compared to, let's say to, to the subjects we discussed at, um, you know, the first podcast that we did, I, I like my overall, like, um, kind of approach was more, I feel like utopian. It was more, more like all in and kind of, Mm-hmm. optimizing for a single objective right yeah and you're trying to looking, you're trying to step in chaos and organize it yeah <laughs> yeah and like looking back i realized that it's it's kind of a risky approach and yeah and like i i'm, I'm fortunate that it worked out like you know i didn't uh burn you know anything like i didn't burn the ground i was standing on but <laughs> uh, it, it could you know if you when you optimize everything for a single objective it's a very utopian approach like it means like you put everything and if it doesn't work out, like you're heading for a very kind of huge, bad crash, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful it, approach, though. Yeah. Oh, you mean like optimizing for single objective? Yeah, it's beautiful, especially really beautiful on paper, too. I, yeah. I, I totally agree about the chaos and the, and the order. I actually, my, the thing I came to find, and I said it from my mind, I was like thinking, I always like to keep my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. mm, so it's like, cool. you know, you're, you're, you're one body, but one of the, your, your mind is in the clouds, but your feet is rooted. And that's also synonymous with being humble and stuff too, which is obviously, yeah. it's, cool, it's, a, it's an important thing for you as well as it is for me. But you were saying, sorry, I just was, I was cool no, when you no, said I, that. I, I was like, oh, I like the, I like the metaphor. Yeah. I like it. It makes total sense. Yeah. You have to, I think it's something that I learned, um, from studying a lot of different, like we talk about mastery a lot and we're going to talk about mm-hmm. books too, because people asked a lot about books which is great. And we were a big resource for sharing those kind of books and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it was like mastery when he was breaking down how all the masters would, would basically constantly thread that they would be in court order and, and chaos. So a lot of them would take long walks or like, um, you know, I talk a lot about like how it's important it is to take breaks, um, not breaks, like all the time breaks, but like taking a mm-hmm. walk, you know, like moving your body through things, but like, but also dealing with the chaos of things like picking up an instrument and playing an instrument. So your brain can like reset and then coming back to it. So you can kind of reprocess your thoughts and stuff too. So, um, yeah, but there's so, there's there's so many techniques too, but yeah. And I think it's really important to, to find your own methodology. And I think like looking, you know, kind of, uh, just thinking about a bit more, um, it's, it's a, one of those things that, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, struggling with because there is this sort of misconception that you're just going to do something that works for somebody and it's going to work for you. And yeah, it usually yeah. kind of never does. And never I does. think that the the issue with that is that the sort of the foundation of uh, creative approach is so uh, 
you know, it, it, it's so non-explicit, right? How do you come up with stuff and ideas yeah. that it, yeah, everybody has to come up with their own method to, to tackle that, right? Like everybody needs, so let's say if, if you're any creative profession, the thinking process, how you come up with ideas and solutions will be always unique, right? Even if you try, try to replicate someone because everybody's got such a, everybody's got a completely unique life experience, right? We all grew up in different places, you know, where we're hanging out with different people uh, while we're growing up, like different influences, different aspirations when we were a kid. This our neurological makeup is different, you know. Right, right. So I was just going to say, like, on top of all this, you know, culture, uh, (laughs) you know, all this culture, nature and nurture stuff, there is also nature, right? That's like, and it's pretty much, pretty much like your software, your bias that's built in, right? You can change some of it, but a lot of it is like really hard to change or like, and if you can't, change it they might as well use whatever makes it whatever makes it special right yeah i think embracing that is really key to embracing who you are and finding it because it's interesting because like i go really hard and i i took i think i'd probably about 80 percent of what you gave me i applied and it worked um the rest of it i had to just find another way to find it but it's interesting even i've had close friends even mache like i showed him the whole list system and he eat the frog and all that kind of stuff and he simply just didn't he just didn't like it. It didn't work for him, you know? So, mm-hmm. and he, he kind of found his own way not to say that he's not prolific and he can't crush out lots of work and he's definitely does. So, um, but like it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody has their own processes, you know? So yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their different sort of stats, how, you know, our channels are tuned up, you know, you could have a more stronger like audio channel, right? So maybe for you taking the notes with a, What's the device called? The dictaphone where you talk and it records. Uh, um, so like a recorder? Yeah, like a recorder. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was like a specific term for it. But sure, yeah, I'm sure like there some is. People, some people like actually like using that for notes because for them it's like when you um, talk it out loud, it, it kind of registers for you on a different level. And I, feel, I think like everybody's got their own um, unique sets of stats that um, it's really sort of your everybody's responsibility to find um, how to work with that system. Right. And, yeah. and like, you're always, you're going to be the, you're always going to be as strong as the weakest chain, right. In your, in the chain link, right. So you need to define, be aware of your strengths just as much as to be aware of your weaknesses. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of work around that and, and try to find a method. How can you be um, creative around this, um, sort of set of limitations? Right. Yeah. I think also for me, it's always been like seeing the limitations but not letting them control you almost. I don't know if that makes sense. That's I've been kind of approaching it. It's like, okay, yes, I have, you know, two limbs. I have two legs. Mm-hmm. I don't have three, you know, like, the, in, but I'm not letting it hinder me from taking a walk. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but like just being aware of it, but not letting it kind of dictate my ability to do what I feel like I'm, I should be doing, you know? So, because it can be really, you know, debilitating if you let. Yeah, and I think I think this is this over. is the beauty, you know, of a human condition in general. Like we are, uh, you know, smart and rational enough to to recognize, you know, constraints and limitations. But we're also kind of emotionally irrational enough to still try things that, you know, might seem uh, a little risky or crazy or just hard to do, and and we might still try it. And I, and I, I that's why I actually really like just about in general, like the creative process and like trying to solve a problem in general, because you know, you have limitations, but you don't really know where they are really. Like you don't really see the hard line. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I really like this example with uh, like free divers um, community, you know, the people who like take it like a kind of a single breath and they yeah. just like take one deep dive. So and if you look, oh, it's, yeah, it's completely crazy. Like if you read yeah. about the, the whole sort of timeline of the, all those uh, records, right? Like starting, I don't remember where, like maybe even from 19th century or like early 20, like you, it's quite incredible to see how much of a, uh, you know, leaps and jumps in terms of like the the depth that they go to yeah. happens in like from generation to generation. And what I like about this example, because you get to see this sort of warnings that like, oh, you can't go below this depth. You know, if you do, your lungs going to explode. Oh, you certainly cannot go beyond the depth that is like that. And each time they still go. Yeah. And, and what I like about it is like there is clearly there is somewhere there is a limit. And we know there is, and we don't deny that, you know, we're not in the fantasy. We don't, we're not delusional, right? We, the, we know there is a limit. We just don't know where exactly. Yeah. And, and I, and I really like that kind of, and first you want to acknowledge the kind of the human predicament that we're all, you know, we're all mortal. We're not gods and you know, we, we, we can't do everything. Not yet. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. another big topic, right? But uh, then, yeah. I have it on a time, few. <laughs> But at the same time, you don't want to, you don't want that to really define your condition, right? You want to at least try to see if you can do anything about it, right? And and that's kind of the grace and beauty of it, right? Yeah, it's true. And that is, in a, in a nutshell, to me, that's what I love about being a human is to have that, that ability to have that in your soul to push against things. And that's why we, like, it was weird the other day I was doing some research for this project I'm on and I was watching... Um, um, these jets break the sound barrier and that, mm-hmm. you know, that big like kind of weird cloud circular circular cloud that they make when they break the sound barrier, the ships, you know, or the, mm-hmm. not the ships, mm-hmm. but the, the, the jets when they go, then they break, they do the sonic boom, you know, that's right. Yep. And I don't know what happened to me when I was watching that. I got like, like I got emotionally like charged and I got really excited and I got, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening because I think the climate of the the political climate in this country and like the Trump thing, it's been really kind of bad. And for everybody, a lot of people, I think in their minds, it's just been bad. But when I watched that, I was like, so like, I don't know. I was like really proud to be a human. It was really weird. Like I haven't had that that feeling in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was really because I was thinking like, what the fuck, man? Like humans made that. And, and when I was watching, I was like, that's fucking so incredible. It's like beautiful and violent and like just ridiculous and silly. But at the same time, like completely to my mind, like completely incredible, like so incredible, you know, like that we were, we were, we as a species are able not, I'm not including myself in that actually. So I should say, people that are better than me <laughs> have managed to make this thing these ships yeah. that do this incredible feat and it's just man it's it's impressive man it's really beautiful and it's amazing too and i don't know it was it was a cool thing for me i was really i was really happy with like just like i don't know it was like a good moment i guess yeah 100 percent, and uh, and that's uh like that's a cool example because in the way this is not uh like you can't really say um you know it's a piece of art or like you watched a movie or and music, and yet it still gave you the aesthetical, um, you know, level of aesthetical stimulation that you know make you feel very excited and stimulated and energized, right, for that day or you know for the few days, whatever, right? Yeah. And and I I think like as a as a civilization we have to keep doing those things because 
you know, like, of course, we need to be focusing on like solving actual, you know, utilitarian problems. But, you know, projects that might think that, you know, well, why we would want to go to Mars or why we'd want to do this, even let's say per se, we don't have a direct existential threat, right? Mm-hmm. There are those R&D projects that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, to me, like doing certain things that we we do this because we can, um, it can carry a lot of aesthetical value for, you know, inspiring, uh, you know, future generation or current generation uh, to show and, you know, that there is magic still out there. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think this is, this is, uh, it's, it's unvaluable. It's, it's invaluable. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. And I agree they, there's people like, oh, you know, we got to take care of the problems we have on hand. Yeah. They will eventually resolve themselves. Like, you know, the, I keep thinking, um, this is like a deep thought and sorry, we're going to probably jump all over the place. I, oh yeah. We are. We're like all over the, <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, do we have like a specific subject? We're just like, no, story who cares? Here. We're just talking. Yeah. It's all who good. Cares? It's, it's, it's you and me and we're going power time. So Love it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like I, I've been having these really deep thoughts about like, you know, I have a daughter, she's 14 and, and I'm, and I, and the older I get, I'm 36 now. It's weird. The older I get, the more I'm getting more aware that I'm going to die. It's really weird. Like, I, didn't, I, I, I don't think it's weird. It's completely normal. Yeah. I didn't it'd, have it'd that be feeling. Weird if you I wouldn't have. I mean, all the way for like to like thirties, I didn't uh. even think that I was going to die. It was weird. I don't know. Mm. Like I didn't, I, maybe I did, but I didn't really acknowledge it. Whereas now I'm okay. like, Oh fuck! Like it's counting down, you know. Like I'm, it's gonna be even worse in ten years. Yeah, exactly. It's a weird thought. It's like a weird thing that kind of creeps into my my mind. But I was also thinking about like, man, what's gonna happen? And I was thinking, maybe it's just like my nature, uh, how I process things. Like I don't watch news, and I remove, I reduce and remove myself from problems and stuff. But it's at mm-hmm. the same time, it's too much for me. Um, but I was thinking about like humanity and and our species and everything, and people like you know we're destroying the earth and this and that. And I'm like what if it's just natural for us to do this? Like what if the earth is like a womb, you know, for us and we are going to leave this place and, and, and become something else. And it got me thinking on like a lot of weird thoughts. Like one of well, the, yeah, sorry. I just like, no, no, no. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's an, oh, that's actually a really awesome topic. Like I was just going to say, I think I'm a bit more pessimistic on that mm. in terms of like, cause like I'd say I'm a pessimistic optimist. Like I'm aware, you know, that's, let's say as a species, we are capable of solving a lot of these problems, but also looking at this as a sort of prob- probability, right? There's a high probability we're just not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow I see I think it there's going to be like, some people that will, not the entire population, no, and there's going to be a no, lot I mean, of like problems. As a species, yeah. we might just not make it. And have you heard about the Fermi paradox? Uh-oh, don't give me something that's going to keep me up at night. What is this? Oh, dude, let's go. Let's go dark. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, we'll go dark, but we of, have to promise to go bright you know, and light. Like motivation and like, you <laughs> can do this. There's, yes. The whole internet is full with that. Uh, the internet is filled with both the sides, I think. Mostly yeah. negative, I would say, but yeah. Okay, but what's, uh, this, what's okay. this paradox then? And then I'm going to try uh, and counter it with something positive. <laughs> oh, you know, like I'm, I'm going to counter myself because to me this is like I never, at least I usually try not to get myself stuck in something negative. It's just it's good though. It's important. For us, for us to to fix a problem, we need to acknowledge first that problem exists, right? Yeah. Kind of like an ideal, you want to provide kind of both sides to the coin, right? Yes, of course. And and so what's interesting about this this paradox, well, basically it it comes from this question, like, where's everybody, right? Like if, if, you know, if I look at the universe, there's like billions of stars out there and stars. 
And there's plenty of stars that are very similar in terms of configuration of like a sun and the planets and all that, right? And you would think that there will be plenty of planets, right? Like like Earth, right? Yeah. And, you know, looking at the overall timeline from what we know from the known universe, you would imagine that by this time, even if the probabilities are low, right? You would look at the Milky Way and you just you just seeing a freaking highway there, right? Mm. And And we just don't, right? We don't like get... On a regular basis, we don't really get, you know, uh, drones or probes from like aliens and stuff. Or do we I not mean, know it? You know, I mean, you know, I feel like if if it'd be more in line to like kind of the other th- sides of this paradox. So, like, I guess, I guess, what, where my point is here, where I'm going with this, is that there is um, uh, there is this thought that the reason why it's so not busy out there, you know, the kind of cosmic highway, right, is because a lot of the civilizations, they don't really make it through this weird time that we're in. I think like right now, very interesting time because like if you look at the species, we are capable of uh, just literally destroying the life as we know it, right? And yet the set of... uh, you know, genetic drives, the biology that we're built in, it's completely not synchronized with what we can actually achieve. It's like it's a monkey with a grenade. If you look at civilization, right, we accept monkeys are humans and grenades is nuclear weapons, right, or like other crazy stuff. So, and it's, it's an interesting thought experiment for me because you would think it's like, you know, there is this um, kind of general opinion that uh, due to like natural selections, whatever the genes you have, this is the genes you have usually what prepares you for the environment that you're in, right? Yeah. But it's only true if you, let's say, we're talking about like animals who, whose environment doesn't really change. But if you look, let's say, at the set of genes and the set of sort of the biological drivers that are just so wired in and, you know, and all the humans, you know, the, the drive to just dominate, to reproduce and to live offspring and all the stuff that comes out out of it. Uh, the set of, you know, genes, what we have, it's completely obsolete. The software we have is very old. It just doesn't match the world we live in. Like the culture, you know, the values for human life, the old value system that, you know, we can all collectively agree on or like individually, you know, most people are reasonable. And yet, you know, uh, like as, you know, using kind of rational side of your mind, we can do this. But because it's so built in the, you know, all the desires and everything and how people at the end of the day, were all just, we're rational beings. And yeah. we have these insane tools that we can just destroy ourselves. So the whole kind of Fermi paradox, kind of one of the sort of thoughts that comes out of it is maybe the reason why uh, nobody's here or like why the universe seems kind of empty is because just there is this threshold that is very hard to pass. It's just like maybe some civilization passed through this, you know, when before they make it to interstellar, you know, flight capabilities, and some maybe just don't don't make it. Mm. And and to me, this is kind of a cautionary. There's like a kind of a cool cautionary um, kind of value to it that kind of makes you think. Um, anyways, I don't know how we ended up there. But, no, no, uh, no. It's good. You're you're basically saying like how. Your 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 pessimistic view on the ability of humanity to overcome the Earth and evolve past the Earth and to become like a interstellar being, basically, right? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm somewhat like as, as I said, like I'm a very uh, you can say like I'm a very optimistic pessimist or like pessimistic optimist. It's important to have both that, sides. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that's just like it's interesting because like I'm, I usually 
or at least like I used to be more on just very uh, optimistic side of things like, oh, yeah, we make it, we're going to make it and Mm -hmm. we're going to have flying cars and this and that and solve all the problems. I think the older you get, that happens, right? You get kind of, I think the older you get, the more that that's common. Yeah, because you get to see, you know, like if you just life is, is, there's a lot of suffering in life. And when you try to look more into it, you just see more and more of it and you start more aware of it. And I think, I I think think negative energy sucks in more than positive energy. I think negative things suck in more and they're, 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 they're they're longer lasting. It's how we're programmed. Oh yeah, and there was a reason for that because yes. that's the only that's the only reason why we're still here. It's evolution because, mechanism, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a protective mechanism because if you think about what is the maximum sort of delta threshold of positive emotions you can get. And now let let's look on the other side. I mean, hell is a bottomless pit, right? Like you can go all the way from from bad mood to terrible emotion to clinical depression to just being plain dead, right? So like it just never stops, right? And yeah. And you cannot really, there's like a very, there is an asymmetry between the states of kind of the human predicament there, right? And, uh, and, and you just get more and more aware the older you get. And I think there is a lot of value in that because you can do a lot of, uh, even let's say, even if let's say you completely detach yourself from reality and just say, let's, oh, I don't care. I just want to do CG. I don't care about this stuff. Well, the thing is, if you look like an older art, like some, you know, some of the Renaissance and some of the, you know, works that, um, you know, you consider like immortal pieces of art today. And there is always, um, there is always this interesting mix of, you know, humanity and like recognizing human mortality, but also it gives us like on the other side, what's spiritually fortifying, right? That's something, you know, you can call it a hope, but you can also cope it as a um, kind of a remedy, this, the antidote to like the cosmic chaos, whatever, right? And I think like the older I get, the more I start to do this also with my own art where, you know, the art and or a good design to me is always made of these two things. Like first, you need to really recognize the tragic sense of life and 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 then provide a sort of a remedy for that and provide that, uh, you know, that uh, kind of open up place for human spirit or they'll provide something that's spiritually fortifying to show that, you know, the human, um, humans can still get out of it. And, and what I like about this sort of approach is that it leaves room for things that are imperfect in the, in a very deliberate way. It's like you're, let's say we're talking about the design how you balance composition and lines and elements and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can deliberately break some of the rules to accentuate sort of the tragic sense of life to like really drive a viewer's attention to that point. And then you can counterbalance it with something that's more, you know, mathematical or more rational or more clean or like symmetry. And it's been a very, uh, like it's been a very sort of passionate topic for me, like design, like see where I can implement that. Sure. And like even like doing this industrial design or like some minimalistic design, uh, seeing people respond to that on a sort of uh, very kind of visceral, uh, you know, level where they cannot really point, pinpoint what's this about, but they just respond to it. They feel like, yeah. okay, there is something, there is humanity in there. There is something like eternal battle of a human versus, you know, the co- like the, the cosmos, right? Or like the humans trying to survive. And, and like we're like built in to really sense that. And I think yes. that's the main reason the why, truth. you know, we, right. Like we still find the, you know, those writings in caves and it's been as long as the human has been there somehow it's maybe it's our coping mechanism, you know, with the reality yes. Yes. or trying to escape. I don't know, but it's interesting. I'm writing down notes here. I'm going to go back to one of the things that we mentioned and you mentioned that 
this is something that I, this is a deep thought. It's a weird thought and it's more of a science fiction thought, but it's a thought that I loved. I love having these thoughts and some of my favorite directors and creative people are always like um, continual children. I call them, you know, like, mm-hmm. like Steven Spielberg is like incessantly a child. Like he, mm-hmm. you just see it in his work. You feel the pleasure of joy and the gift of like blissful childhood thoughts like in his work. Anyways. Um, so one of the thoughts I had is, is about like, whether like you said that there's we haven't found like civilizations in life out there i would say that definitely we haven't found ourselves out there yes that's obviously true that we know of right that mm-hmm. our governments are willing to share that information with us i don't i don't go, i'm not going into in conspiracy stuff because i don't i don't subscribe to that stuff i stay away from it just like i do politics but i find it fascinating nonetheless but one of the thoughts i always thought was um that i've always had since i was a kid was what if and this came from like reading Carl Sagan and stuff like what if um, what if there are civilizations and, and just like we can't see infrared without, our, you know, glasses or whatever. What if like mm-hmm. what if aliens are actually there and but they're actually, you know, it's, it's it comes down to what I always think of like, wh- where do I get that idea? Like, where do I get an idea from? That's so weird. That's a really weird, random thing. And what if. What if I'm, you know, like aliens aren't what we're saying. It's a weird word. And I should, we should like another entity. Let's say like an entity mm-hmm. isn't like a, you know, a big headed, big eyed thing or like some, a like sentient being, right? No, it's nothing like that. What if it's like energy and ideas? Like what if, what if that's it? And I think that's what, um, I think that's what, um, uh, Stanley Kubrick and, oh man, um, I'm kill myself for John a blank. Um, the author of the, uh, um, Lucy Clark, yeah, is that no? What's his name? Dang it, I'm drawing a blank on the the writer for 2001: Space Odyssey. I think that's what they were talking about with the monolith and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it was an idea. This uh, the, it wasn't an alien. It was more or less a a, 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 a a a thing that kind of instilled an idea that then evolved us from like these bone throwing apes into these space faring creatures. Not everybody is going to be privy to it. Not everybody's going to have these ideas. Not everybody's mm-hmm. going to be able to communicate. But that was just like, it's a bigger, weirder, deeper idea. You know, it's like, how is it that you and I could be in our same kind of timeline, but we would kind of perceive a reality that's outside of it in our own imagination? Like, that's really, well, at least for me, like, that's the future. The future exists in the, in the, in the dreamer that is able to manifest and, and possess and create, you know, so... Um, and, and those ideas come from something they have to, and it's weird. Like you know, some people might think like, well, it comes from God and, and, and that's fine, you know, but I don't know. I don't believe in that. And I'm trying to find it myself. And <laughs> that's an interesting hypothesis, you know? So, but I, I think uh, to counter that, I think that on the, on the positive side of it is I think that no, not everybody's going to make it. And I, and I think a big part of the population uh, is not going to make it. And that's, it just is what it is. It's just kind of how it goes. But I think there are select few monkeys that do understand how to hold the grenade. You know, as you mentioned earlier, I think there are a few select human beings on this planet that do have an evolved mind and emotional intelligence that is very high and an ability to navigate the next evolution in my mind, I think, you know, so, but not everybody. No, I'd say 90% of the, for sure. And that's a, that's a beautiful idea. I like your, your, um, thinking on the, the monolith. I actually really like the, uh, the, the, the whole concept, you know, like to me, the monolith was also something like, I think the first time I watched, um, the Odyssey, when I saw that, I was like, okay, there is still magic out there. 
And you know, it's like when somebody say like a, they call it God and somebody sell their own pursuit, like in a way that's, we're just, uh, call the one thing with different names, right? But yes. this this search of, you know, you call it the truth or exploring um, you know, the unknown, right? It, it is universal, right? Yeah. And it's it's built in, in us so deeply that, you know, everything we have today we're, uh, that we can enjoy that, you know, makes our life uh, less miserable, right? Per se, from, you know, mm-hmm. from fridge to AC to, to water and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of it because at somebody at some point... Uh, had an idea, right? And, uh, and like, and you know, and also just to be fair, like we don't really know how the brain works yet, right? No, so, that's the craziest thing and, because and like reality really exists crazy. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I read this article that kind of breaks down and, and kind of evolution of our knowledge and it compares the DNA and the genome studies with brain studies. And somehow like we know, like we know more about, you know, we know more about genes and more about, you know, oceans and or maybe even more about moon that we know about the brain yeah and that's like the craziest thing ever like the thing that kind of lets us do all the you know cognitive you know calculation everything the thing that we everything like everything that you know we think our like reality exists within yeah, our mind pretty much the you know the filter through everything we see somehow it's so unexplored yeah and uh and that's a really strange sort of thing to kind of wrap your head around um, because like you would think that like, okay, like, you know, just kind of, so we don't, we'll talk, let's say something more concrete. Like you probably saw the uh, neural link, right? Big, like huge, um, huge sort of. I watched the presentation. Yes. I didn't see all of it, but I saw a good part of it. For those that aren't aware of it, find it online. It's um, Elon Musk is in, invested in it. It's a company that is investing into like, having our ability to control our devices via mind power, I guess if you'd say, I don't know if that's right, but pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I mean like that, that presentation is really cool in a way that's their hiring event. So if you're, yes, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're a software engineer or you're within that field or you're interesting, maybe that's something you want to do. Yeah. And it's fascinating because essentially what they do, they integrate this tiny wires. So, you know, each of them is way smaller than a human um, hair, it's right? Like one hundredth of a hair or something. Well, it's yeah. like something crazy. I don't remember specific numbers, but like the scale is really impressive. How you know tiny this stuff, and they use a special robot to really do this with a high precision and everything. Crazy, right? yeah. And and uh, uh, so like when I see that stuff, I'm I'm always kind of like I'm fifty percent excited and fifty percent skeptical. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of like same. my natural response. <laughs> yeah. Would you and, do it? And, that's how I always ask myself. Would I do well, it? Like in terms of yeah. do it, yeah. That's like of course I want to do it. Like oh yeah, anything that would let me model faster, like I'm, uh, it's an easy sell for me. But uh, I wouldn't be the first one though. I'd give it like okay. I'll do the second, right? (laughs) I'll give it like ten years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, let it run a cycle. I mean, you know, like the first people who are gonna do that is trying to make a simpler stuff. They usually want to like bring people the capabilities that you you know you're supposed to have if you were fortunate enough to be born healthy, right? So which is like if you lost an eyesight or yes, which is which is makes makes total sense and. Uh, or like, you know, if it's like a local, like mobility problems, right. And all that stuff, which makes all sense. So like my kind of thinking on that is, uh, okay, you know, it sounds like, okay, if we, let's say we can't control a computer with this insane power, isn't that the same, wouldn't be that the same thing? Let's say if you let, let's say, um, a monkey control computer, like they have all this power, but they don't really know what to do with that. Like, would you feel the full capacity of the you know, the device and like, and so like my, my, like my problem is of, I guess, of, of understanding the integration part of the processes. Right. Yeah. 
And that that's like one thing. And another thing is, which I think like a way kind of a bigger sort of uh, like philosophical issue here is that there's this whole, this whole like transhumanist talk about, you know, transferring our consciousness, right? Yeah, what do you think of that? I think that's really, I, I love that idea. So I, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty concept on paper. On paper. And, yeah. and like in reality, I have like two major issues with that. Like the first one, uh, we, well, we're not going to transfer it. We're going to make a copy. And what's going to happen to your copy here? Like, let's say we transfer you ash, right? And we have yeah, another soul stamping, baby. Are, yeah. are you like, are you going to be like this ash that's here going to be okay to just kind of die? Like, okay, now you're out. I don't think it's going to happen. Like nobody would want to be eliminated just because there is your brother out there who's identical to you. <laughs> like, so to me, that's a big, big issue of like, cause you don't really transfer consciousness, right? Hmm. Like you, you, we're going to make a copy. I believe in making a copy, like yeah. identical, right? And as soon as you make it, second later, you're already different people com- entirely, right? Mm. So that's, yeah. that's kind Cause of my... Because you, you when, you, when you go off to live in a double, like no matter what you do, you cannot balance... Well, the, you're going to start like as soon as we're like make this and imagine yeah, it's like a paradox. Yeah. or one, we're like making a copy. So that copy starts to have its own life experience. Yes, exactly. And yeah. there is like, and because, you know, in, and we're not even talking the hardware part, like imagine we're staying like in wetware. So it's all, you know, blood cells and, and things like that. There is there is a lot of fluctuations in how, you know, our neurons work and you know, hormone system, like your day-to-day mood varies depending on your brain chemistry. Yeah. So now, which kind of leads me to the second big portion, like, okay, once let's say your, your, uh, your consciousness inside a computer, I'm like, well, how, how do you decouple a human experience from the human body where the human body regulates a lot of the human experience? And by that, by extension, that's what drives our motivation. Like some of the motivation, you know, could be culture, but there are a lot of it. Is, I think a lot of it's bad, though. You know, like I think a lot of our motivations is really primal. Like, okay, you know, so, okay, the urge to have sex so and all procreate and stuff. So glad you know? so sad yeah. you said that because exact, and that's exactly kind of the paradox and problem that that not the problem, but the question I have because I'm like I'm not sold on any of it on on like both sides because here's my question: Where do you think your inspiration to create at your full capacity really comes from because to me it comes from the same survival. place it's just say what it usually comes for survival if you're asking me it's like to survive and to thrive well, you know i don't well to, yes to but me personally. that's kind of not really full picture right because sure. because like okay you can do things that just for your survival but usually nobody starts stops there we want more and the reason why we want more because we have the built-in drive yeah, survive to re- and thrive. Right, to reproduce and to dominate as much as we can. That's <laughs> yeah. just built yeah. in. Like the, peop- the, the dude who came up with like the first guy who did the whole uh, breaking uh, sound barrier, right? The thing that we like, we got super stoked about, right? Yeah. Well, it's coming because from the dude who wants to show off, right? I mean, he <laughs> will not say he wants to show off because maybe he won't think this because he wants to drive the human uh, nature, but it, why would you take such a risk? Usually, you would take risk and work hard because it's built in in your biology to really push you more because there could be a reward on the other side, and you you've been motivated by the biological driver. So to me, like yeah. what happens to motivation once I'm inside computer and there is no brain chemistry? Like you know, like let's say today you have this kind of weather and tomorrow different kind of weather, like your mood shifts, like one day you might have more energy because like the whole kind of cocktail of hormones and dopamine and serotonin, all that stuff yeah. changes slightly, you will have a different mood. 
Well, well, not so much of our time and our energy is is set around these odd predicaments, you know. That's what I find find to be fascinating to counter what you're saying is like inside that existence inside of a say a machine or whatever, yeah. like we we are devoid of the human experience. It's not you're not you're no longer human. It doesn't you're, Yeah, you're definitely I 100% yeah. agree with you and, yeah. and like uh, to me this it doesn't really counter my my point because it's more of a question what happens to the system of your motivation to do what you want to do because a lot of the motivation and creativity comes precisely from that weird drive that we have built in like you look at the like the best music was written in some interesting like somebody was like you know like was madly in love right or someone was uh, yeah. angry oh. with the condition he wanted to show like what he can do there's a lot of this a lot of great things uh came out from the bad stuff of nature. And it's weird that that's what resonates the most with people too, right? Like you I mean, feel like, it in there. It's yeah. like there's a weird human truth inside of great music that you're like, oh, interesting. Like, Right, yeah. And the music, like, I hope, I hope we will get a chance to like, talk about it because like music is a very kind of close subject to me. Like a really, yeah. uh, it's like a big part love, yeah. in terms of art. And I think we talked about it before too, but like just go, kind of circle back. Yeah. Like I heard this quote that was kind of crazy. It says like, Everything is good about war except the death and destruction. Have you heard about it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like essentially like the guy was like elaborating on the idea, like the inventions and like the technology that today serves us really well that came out from like some major war stuff. You know, yeah. like happened, all the crazy stuff happened in the 20th century is because of the motivation for like the people who like the, you know, the, the sides that were battling each other was so high to just kill each other that they went all and beyond to come up with crazy stuff that in the peacetime because there is no reason for that like nobody would really do that yeah so that's why i think like it's not we're like it's not just to survive that that we're built in but it's it's like we're not mentioned thriving i think yeah we're not built for happiness we're like built for pursuing some worthy ideal ideals or just some goals you know i think that's because we're still on the branch honestly and i'm looking for us to get off that branch and and start running around or flying in the sky and shit you know that's what i mean like so what do you think is going to happen to the motivation do you think it'll be non-existent it'll not be non-existent but that's because we won't be humans at that point. There's no reason to have so any. So do you think we're just going to die off because there is no motivation to continue, uh, you know, the species? It's be different. I think it'll be something that will be so far beyond our, you and my, like, like A, I don't have an answer for that because I'm not smart enough. <laughs> and B, I don't, I, I think it's something that's beyond the, the existence of us. Like, I think it's, it's it's almost like me trying to go like well I think a whale lives that way or something you know because like it's I don't know it's such an unknown thing but for me what I would like it to be is I think it's just simply once you once you take a, a, the human memories and this and all that kind of stuff and you break it down once you take our experience and I, I I hate when people talk like they're not a human when they're human you know and they talk about this stuff <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. me and humans because I'm one of them. So mm-hmm. once we like we evolve past that and we go into this next realm, I think it's simply that we're not going to be what we are, and it's an unknown thing. It's going to be into it's going to be another evolution, and that's really when we become energy almost. You know, we become you know uh, an all-seeing, all-thinking being, basically, which is really Do you interesting. Think, is this is this kind of our path? We should become that, or you think this is just inevitable? I think. If we're going to follow the path we are on now, which is let's look at uh, and, and how things go. We want the internet so that we can have access to information. That's really what the uh, the goal is. We're feeding the mind for the most people. Well, most people, not everybody, 
but we're feeding the mind. And why are we feeding the mind? Because the mind is hungry and we're trying to give it as much as possible. So, and then what gets in the way of that? Well, our bodies get in the way of this experience because the bodies take up, you know, so much time. Wait, wait, but you skip the question. Why is our mind hungry? Like, why do you want knowledge? Because that that is the biological fun, fun, foundation that is kind of messes everything up. Yes. And like as soon as you remove that, Yes. You lose entire drive for you know species to even continue reproducing because like let's say we're talking about whales. Well, the human species or whales or like mosquitoes, we're all on the same program. It's just reproduce and leave the DNA. It's just not a very exciting program, and that's why we're you know like we're trying to uh, you know come up with our own sort of quest, right? Like imagine you're like stuck in this video game where the main quest is quite simple. It's just not a very exciting one. And you'll like come up with this different side quest, right? Like this the huge open world and you have to come up with the kind of a side quest, but the game in a way rigged in terms of how the kind of judgment of whether you're good at the game or not is passed because it's manifested again through the biology. Yeah. Because yeah. like, so to me, like my, my sort of, well, those are deep seated, deep rooted things. Like, like, because exactly. all day long like, we're, like, we're you, eating. How do you like yeah. take yeah. it out? And, well, it's, and we're and, just and not a human. Yeah. And, right. But let's say, okay, we're not humans. Well, let's say we're machine. Does it mean you just become a robot on the factory because you just do this thing because you, you're don't have your own free, like we're exactly. I guess it could be end game. Yeah. I guess it could be end game because if, because, if you know, if, there's, there is like a, there is a subset of uh, scientists work on AI who actually think that's kind of our destiny is not to, you know, become something, but then eventually you start like a new sort of life form and the humans, as we know, you know, the homo sapiens, they just sort of fade away and stop being right. I believe that and, to be, yeah, I believe that makes yeah. sense. And yeah, it's sad. I, if I like buy it, like to me, there's something like, there is something still like wrong about that. Um, like, well, yeah, definitely. Complete or incomplete. Well, it's, it's just um, like a forest fire, right? Like a forest fire is sad and it's horrible and it's very destructive, but it, breathes light to the next generation you know and i think it's the same thing as so sad as that is my, to say problem, so. my problem with that is it's like you justify what comes next with the amount of suffering it would require to go to the next stage well and to yeah. me, that's a utopian kind of thinking that's you know how like communists or nazis killed millions of people right it's, it's like when you when you optimize for single objective because like let's say you get some really motivated scientist who wants to see that in their lifetime <laughs> and they would true. be like okay with like killing a billions of people it's like i'm not okay with that well i don't want that like, no i'm not saying right, that. right, right. so yeah. that's yeah. that's kind of like i want to like what let's take a thought to like what's the logical <laughs> make that conclusion? clear i'm not a nazi or communist yeah good <laughs> <laughs> but but there but there are things in the not in the nazi regime i have never studied it closely so I can't say, but within communism, the little bit that I know of it on paper, it's got some incredible shit. Like it's, you got to admit, it sounds amazing. Like it sounds like it should be the system that we should follow, but it doesn't work and it doesn't work for various reasons. But yeah. And well, I didn't yeah, mean like to say that the few, fire, a few key reasons is because like, first it doesn't account for human nature. Second, it's utopian. And when you yes. optimize for single objective, it kind of like, you know, when they try to accelerate a particle to the speed of light, and as you get close to the speed of light, the amount of energy that requires to accelerate it slightly further gets exponentially bigger and bigger. Yeah, exponential and like, problem. so the threshold, so let's say you want to make a system that's 99.9% .9 perfect. 
So the remaining like point like point zero zero one percent to make the perfect the amount of energy you're gonna spend to try to make it completely perfect, right? Yeah, will create more problems than <laughs> it solves, right? And that's yeah, it's and that's a the problem with any sort of totalitarian system that optimizes for a single objective. That as it gets closer to realization, its ideals, whatever the hell they are, like it creates more problem than it solves. Even let's say in theory, let's say imagine that. On paper, it sounds good. Because to me, even on paper, communist doesn't sound good. Hmm, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I read a different paper, but maybe yeah. There's it. a we lot of them. Yeah. I mean, like I'm so I'm, like I'm from Eastern <laughs> Eastern Europe, right? Yes, and I was yeah. born when, uh, like, was it five or six six years before Soviet Union collapsed, right? Mm, yeah. So when I was in my school years, you're from Moldova, had, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I used to be part of Soviet Union, right? So when I grew up in in the school, like the some of the teachers. Uh, you know, they were like still kind of the old school communist people, right? So they, they really kind of believe those ideas. Yeah. Anyways, like that's like a whole different topic, right? And, sure. Uh, but it's, like, it's, I mean, to, to back to your point though, when I, and also to clarify, when I said the fire that burns, there's a beauty in that. And what I meant yeah. by that is that's simply evolution. And it is unfortunate that we've gone through so much death and the Black Plague and all these things. And, right. Yeah. And you mentioned like, you know, it's a really weird time for us as humans. I would say it's been a weird time the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, whether you believe in evolution or not, it's like, it's been weird since like humans became from a tadpole that then grew enough to like <laughs> climb trees and shit. You know, like it's always been weird. And I think that's, a common truth it's like there's a couple common truths in this in our existence is time is time is uh, um, ever evolving and um it's always been weird <laughs> you know it's like but and, and and the fire thing i meant more or less it's just like it's just the it's the beauty of the of the it's the beauty of the of the destruction but at the same time at the beauty of life that's given to it you know yeah, um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's 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 yeah, a poetic I know, I know you, sadness. I know you don't mean killing millions. No, yeah, I, I well, I have to clarify because there's some fucking person out there that's hearing that and it's like, God, Ash is a Nazi asshole, and I have to clarify for that person. Hey, I'm not, <laughs> but I will admit that there's certain things in my mind that I'm like, that sounds really interesting, but I think I have a short thought. You know, it's like a short thought. You know, it's not like a a real clean thought. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's and a I think that's like, also oh, a beauty of like human mind, especially artistic mind, is being able to isolate a phenomena and and find a, a, an aesthetical angle to to look at it, right? Yeah. Of course, there would be something like when when we say like a forest on fire, you could you probably imagine some Christopher Nolan looking shot, you know, like it's IMAX, <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. and then you see next day the you know the rain and the trees that are twice as more you know beautiful and strong come out of it, and it's like it's it's an artistic sort of take on this. And, it's true. And, and it's, it's very romantic and it's a cool thought for sure yeah, yeah 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 i totally get it dude yeah it's romantic but at the same time yeah i can see that but i mean to to counter this because this is great because i love having these because these conversations need to be had and it's an they're important to have i think but i think in regards to that and and, and then the debate on ai and how um like we will just basically run our course and then we evolve mm-hmm. past like I, I think that it's it's definitely possible, and I almost think um, oftentimes, and this is something that I guess it's kind of interesting when I listen to Joe Rogan because sometimes he touches on this too. Mm-hmm. Is is almost like we are here to make AI, like AI yeah. comes from us, and then AI passes us just like we take out animals, you know, on the planet. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of like a, a thing. It's like the gray goo, you know. Like you remember, you ever heard of that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's. Uh 
that's a cool cool concept for a, for a scary movie yes and yeah and it's it has its roots in a couple of stories that anthony and i yeah. have created and it's like it's a really interesting thing it's it's fascinating and it's also scary too yeah you um, know you know nick boss from he wrote a, a great book on super i think it's called like super intelligent a very thorough super book on ai and i highly recommend it to anyone who wants to really kind of dive deep into the uh, underlying theory of What's that. What's his last name? A Nick uh, name and last name is Bostrom. B-O-S-T-R-O-M. I think it's M. Super intelligent. Yeah, yeah you're, you're way more well-read than I am on this kind of stuff. So I, like me talking to you about this, I'm just like, doop de like I'm finger painting all around. Also, it, I meant to say Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke is the author of the original 2001 Space Odyssey. That oh, yeah, that's through, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 said a, I said something else, some kind of other Clark or something. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Lois and Clark or something. I said <laughs> like a yeah, Ron so like Clark. Yeah, so Nick, Nick Bostrom's sort of premise on like what's he called, I think, paperclip maximizer problem, right? If, if let's say you give a certain set of goals or just like one goal to maximize production of paperclip, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to like a very kind of general intelligence AI that's capable of coming up with its own solutions to problems, right? And you can imagine a scenario where at a certain point of time, if the AI doesn't have the same value system that we do, right? And the problem with like our current value system that we can generally agree, you know, between even the conflicting nations that we know what's good for, for people and yet we still do a lot of harm to each other, right? Because it's just very nuanced, it's very complex. And again, it's all built into biology. It's like, it's very messy. And and you, let's say you have an AI that doesn't have that. It can uh, process certain ideas in a more literal way, right? And imagine it just decides that, you know, well, you know what, I need to build this factory here and maybe the, it's a really good, very rational space for me to build this factory, but there is just this city with people there Mm-hmm. on this like on this strategic spot whatever and it's just like well i don't need you to be here so like eventually this can lead to this clash of people with this ai that ai just um, optimizes everything for the single objective of producing as many pa- paper clips in the most efficient way as possible right yeah and it's and it's a it's a it's a huge problem uh for you know ai researchers and you know people who also deal with the ai ethics uh that um, how we like, are we, can we really be prepared for the time if like once we, let's say, build that. And the, the problem is that we, we haven't really done, you know, the proper sort of, um, homework for that because mm-hmm. it's way more complex. And I think we will, before to get there, we will have to make, and I could be wrong, like this is, don't quote me on that. Like, this is just kind of my thinking that I think we'll have to go through a few fundamental scientific breakthroughs on understanding human brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get there because like if you look let's say if you look to uh, today like let's say today we're gonna like i'm just gonna jump a little to a different topic that um, hopefully you'll dig that like the, if you look let's say at the social media and this advertisement based economy right that yeah. we live in it's all designed to grab as much of your time and attention as possible right like if you look like people way smarter than us like in science engineers work on these huge corporations designing Essentially, those dopamine traps, slot machines, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. Instagram is a slot machine, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know, like, I think somebody told me, like, a few days ago, uh, I f- forgot who, but like that, you know, and Twitter, um, I don't use Twitter, so I don't know if this is true, but Good like, you. when you when you log in on Twitter, uh, there is a subtle delay before you see notifications. 
Mm. And the delay works the same way. Like if you pull a lever on the slot machine <laughs> yeah. and it's like, that give you like a little bit of this dopamine rush into into uh, um, anticipation. Right. How and do you so beat like, that? Have, say what? Sorry. I didn't mean to cut it off. Go ahead. And I'm going to write it down a note, but keep going. I don't want to change your train of thought. Oh yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Cause well, I was always going to kind of where I was going with this is that we have this amazing uh, problem solvers, solvers, like amazing engineers who work on solving the problem, uh, like they say, the task that, uh, you know, there is not a lot of ethics there, you know, because we don't really want to steal everybody's attention to the point where they become addicted or unproductive, right? Like it just doesn't sound like a right goal, right? Some people yeah. want that because they want well, all of your course, money. Well, of course, the people that say if you work in the company and let's say you're going to get bonus from it, like, of course, like short term, you're going to gain from that. But long term, you might lose uh, as a civilization, you might actually lose from that. Yeah, because we don't really know the price that we pay uh, collectively, right? From let's say not being productive or not, or like you know, it's there's, bad. Up, there's bad. all other, other kind, all other issues. Like a lot of people get neuroses because they get distorted picture of reality. They think their life sucks, but people on who live on Instagram, they they live a much better life. It's a huge epidemic of teens killing themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not surprised, right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of checks out with this whole premise, right? So we have beautiful. Uh, you know, beautiful minds and amazing like talent working on these problems while like the ethics side is lacking. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, th- I think like part of my pessimist- pessimistic kind of outlook comes from because until like usually you, we're going to start like as a, if you look at the kind of track record as a humanity, we start dealing with problem when it's almost too late. We usually yeah. like find a way, but we'll always pay the price. I think that's just because it, there's too much of us, to be honest. And I think we're, we're not connected as, as much as we should be. It's the same. It's the paradox of the global warming. This is the biggest fucking bullshit. It's like the global warming issue comes from us using and expelling gases and all that stuff. And also at the same time, deforestation and eating livestock and all these things. These are all common things. We all know this stuff, right? Or generally, the most of us know it because of either documentaries or it's just like reading an article on Google. It doesn't take too long to find the causes of global warming. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem is like we're so slow to react. Like the problem, and this is, and, and, and I can't, and I'm saying we're, we because I'm just as guilty. I eat meat and I drive a car. I'm causing mm-hmm. global warming. It's just that true. But the problem is, is I can't not have a car and I, could choose not to eat meat, but it's just not going to fit for my lifestyle. I do. I have reduced my driving and I have reduced. I only eat meat maybe two to three times maximum a week. So I have like declined it because of that, but I haven't completely removed it. And I'm also traveling a lot like on air flights and shit. And that's just like gnarly. It's so bad. (laughs) That's this fucking jets eat so much gas. But anyways, like, um, the thing is it's, it's such a big thing right so like to make that change like elon's like oh we should do the tesla thing well batteries are really violent and bad for the the environment as well like all these Mm -hmm. minerals you're pulling them out of the earth and these things don't last forever and then you have to make these big parts it's kind of like a band-aid on a bigger problem you know um but the global warming issue it's like it comes because of how slow we are to react like if in order to do this we would have to all these people would have to lose their jobs and like the whole industry would have to shift and like all these big, huge things that we've come custom and known for and using would have to shift. Like the other day I was in a city and I'm thinking, why is it that we're in this car? Like this, all cars in cities should just be shared cars. And you just go on the street, you put on your QC card and you pick up the car and then you boom. And then there's enough cars to have the right amount of parking and you're just done with it, you know? 
when you get outside of that, you can have your own car or whatever. But if you're in the city, it just makes more sense. There's like all these like weird things that exist that haven't been fixed yet, but that should be fixed, you know? I don't know. And that's again, my utopian outlook, but I think our biggest, our biggest problem is we're too slow to move because of just the, the habits and the infrastructure that exist. And that's also, people might be mad. I'm going to say this, but a lot of it comes down to like religion gets in the way of progress and it gets in the way of like us being able to move past certain things so we can actually get things done, you know? So, but I don't know. It's a bigger topic, I guess. So, yeah, for sure. Like, because like we're, we're kind of touching on like a few things <laughs> because if you look in terms of just market driven economy, right? Mm. Uh, if, because we're living in the game theory, game theoretical space, right? Uh, you're aware of game theory, right? No. Which is, well, maybe. Which one? I'm, like, I, th- I think like we're, we're sort of maybe you, you, like aware, but it's just uh, um, the way it's kind of defined from kind of mathematical point of view, right? It's this is a. A segment of a mathematical relationship between the parties where there are winners and losers mm. and whenever you have this like uh, evolution like evolution is a game theoretical space and you have like these things like no, zero-sum game non-zero-sum game where yeah. you know for like for somebody to win somebody has to lose and but there is also non-zero-sum game where you know for somebody to to win it doesn't mean uh somebody has to lose. So like, for example, if you look at any new industry that has a lot of opportunity or like when there is like exploration of new land or resource, usually it starts with it being uh, this non-zero sum relationship where there is a lot of room for everybody to do what they want and to succeed, right? And as the resources depleted, uh, you, be, you, you sort of sway more into zero sum relationship where uh, there are actual losers, right? And yeah. that's not very... Uh, let's say, well, it's, I'm not, I don't want to like judge it good or bad because this is more about how nature operates because like yeah. nature is very cruel. And in the way, like if you think about like for us to sort of step up as a civilization, it's really like we should, you know, connect together against nature. And by say, when I say nature, I don't mean like trees or animals. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the driver that, you know, that instilled us with the sort of win at all cost, or, you know, you need to like, our behavior so make, is what you're talking about. Yeah, like about. The, the, the sort of the behavior that's both destructive, but also that gets yeah. shit done, right? Like yeah. that that's the tough part about it. Because that's like the evolutional at, thing. Yeah. Right. So like the, if you look, let's say the market-based economy, markets are the most amazing innovative machines. That's the reason why, you know, capitalism and, and communism, uh, they can't really compete because capitalism always wins because it's going to be more innovative because it's an amazing machine for coming up with solutions to problems. But here's the catch, though, right? The, it will only come up with solutions to problems that, that are rewarded on the market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why, you know, like until, like, in, let, let's say if we were talking about the global warming, like if we can make it profitable to beat global warming, Boom. then we're going to get people on it, right? So yeah. that's kind of the angle. So I have like, this is kind of the first sort of part of the issue. And the second is when you always need to be aware of the, what's driving it's like what's in the driver's seat. And you can like split people in like large group or small groups. And, and of course, this is not a fractal. You have like different dynamic or different scale, but in a way that it, it all boils down again to the, a lot of the influence on decision-making will come from the nature, right? So like, let's say you get, you say everybody's like, well, everybody's going to have the same car to choose from, right? On their commute. And for some people it's going to be, well, I don't want this car because it doesn't like express my individuality or whatever, right? So there's this things that are, you know, kind of mess with the um, human 
desire to to kind of stand out again because of the biological reasons right so we're in this kind of we're kind of stuck in this crazy um loop that we could collectively agree that we know what needs to be done but we we don't know how to get there because that's more of a navigation problem right we know how to fix this problem but we don't know how to how to do that and it and and it's not just let's say let's say you stop eating meat and stop driving and i stop doing that and to me, that's just not enough. We need both kind of top-down and low and and, and bottom uh, coordinated effort, right? Yeah. To, like to really figure, and we should like it makes some of the problems like you don't even know like how exactly we're gonna like solve that. And like the same, let's say the reason why like social media, let's say Google decides not to use the dopamine traps, or like Facebook decide to make uh, apps that are ethical. Well, guess what? They're gonna be crushed by the competition who does use those traps, right? Like that's like that's the tricky part. So you can start off like non-evil, right? Sure. Yeah. And but then it when, to it. And when it becomes like this kind of game theoretical space relationship where if it's a matter of competition, you would be forced to to use the tools that you wouldn't even want to use when you started the the kind of playing the game. And this is a very kind of tough problem. And uh like obviously like I have no idea how to tackle that. Uh mm. uh it's more just like acknowledging that like damn we're like in a very interesting situation where we have those kind of that kind of stuff everywhere i was just listening to this podcast on superbugs uh have you heard about this stuff no superbugs yeah so like basically the, there's a plane volkswagen of bugs i'm just joking no, no, like, <laughs> like yeah dude they're transformers comedy relief yeah, i gotta have a little bit of chuckling so go ahead <laughs> please do like too, so, too serious right so like this these infections <laughs> that have been mutating for a long time because we haven't been coming up with new antibiotics right hmm. And the reason why we don't make new antibiotics is because it's just they're not very profitable to do. It's like it takes like a billion dollar to take like the antibiotics to the market for all the FDA approvals and all that stuff, right? Mm. And it's it's fascinating because we would come up with the antidepressants and like some heart diseases um, pills and whatnot, but like nobody wants to work on that on those new antibiotics and essentially like. Uh, we might face a situation where we're not really prepared, let's say, in like 30, 40 years to some of those super infections that evolved because they have been mutating for a longer time without us like catching up to this, uh, you know, arms race. And that's like a whole different topic. But like the point is here, it's it's again, it's de- defined uh, like by the by the market, right? So it's we need to kind of find this approach to kind of smart governance where there is enough freedom for us, right? Uh, and in uh, in the sense for you know to be fully creative as an entrepreneur, right? But we need to make sure like we never like we don't lose a sight of things that you know it's a kind of a common good or like the common uh, good strategic vector for humanity as a whole, right? Yeah. And what do you like? That's that's also so can can be very subjective, right? Like common exactly, good. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like a, when, yeah. How do you define problem? what's the priority here, right? Because like, to I, a Muslim person, common good is different to a Catholic person, and then to a non-religious person, you know, like the common good it relates to their core beliefs, right? And, and then and then you get the same thing as like religions, ideologies, right? If yeah. you, if if you're talking like Republican and liberal, they will have two different outlooks on some things. Maybe I don't know, like, but then you get the same thing that people who are pro free market and against. So there's a lot of different spheres and different overlaps, right? Yeah. And uh, and on top of like, and you you take all that stuff, the very complex social dynamic, uh, and with biological, 
I mean, we're kind of fucked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but I this is you. good. No, yeah. and, and, and we, and I think we are. That's very true. And if I, and I think we are if we set the same course, you know? But right, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying here that I think is fascinating is that we're having this conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's important. And that just goes to show that because this conversation is happening, it means that not only are we having this conversation, I'm sure this, have, this conversation is happening abundantly on, in various like platforms and places. And I'm hoping in school campuses and all that kind of stuff and people that are smarter than us mm-hmm. are really contemplating this in a bigger way and it's helping evolve. So I think that for sure. Yeah. I think that, 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 that's critical for sure. There's also like this thing that, um, I kind of like when I heard about it, it's depending what kind of personality you have, mm-hmm. uh, different types of narrative, you know, you could describe, uh, a reality in different ways and you're going to get a different response for different people. Like let's say if a person is up more optimistic, it will have a certain impulse. And if a person is more pessimistic, it's going to have different impulse. So let's say if you want to, them to do the same thing and it's like, you know, like the whole kind of glass is half full and glass is half empty, right? Yeah. Thing. And then, and then only engineer comes in and, and say that's the wrong size glass. It needs to be smaller, right? By 50%. <laughs> you heard that? So yeah, like, that's good. Um, I never heard and, that. That's good. Right. So like then the, uh, yeah, I wish I came up with that, but it's someone smart. But, um, so like the basic sort of idea here, if you, if you, depending on what kind of personality is, let's say you want to describe situation and you describe it as like, okay, that's, it's horrible. Right. So kind of you describe it as a hopeless. So the same description for a more pessimistic person might actually work as the, um, source of encouragement and inspiration to actually do something about it. Mm -hmm. And for another person, like let's say more optimistic, will be just more bummed out about it. <laughs> so I think also like the problem with the overall discourse, I'd say like one of the million problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on a global scale, because we're like so interconnected that- But not you really, can have but a, kind of, yeah. We, yeah. We, yes and no, right? It's like yes. very complicated, right? Because you can you could like deliver a certain message different people and they would get a different uh, actionable idea out of it. And you could even be objectively true or like it's there's so many layers there that uh, the the dynamic it's almost like let, we need to like collectively break things down in terms of ideas and our understanding of ideas all the way to what's the molecules and try to like find some uh, kind of common ground there. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, like, you know, the basic idea, let's say, well, there is no need for um, uh, suffering that's meaningless. Right. Like, can we agree that, you know, extra suffering of a human being, it's not good, right? You and I can probably agree that, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good point, right? Because yeah. this also makes it complicated, com- complicated right away. Like, maybe that's not the most successful example, but let's say you come up with examples that you can agree on. Yeah. And you can use this as sort of funda- fundamental core base values. ground yeah. to, like, yeah, like core values. To I wonder if, 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 about if you could ask every human on the planet if they, we would come down to one, like, lowest common denominator, like, resolve to, like, a common truth. I wonder what that would be, you know? Like, would it be, mm-hmm. like, we all just want to be loved? You know, like, I don't know. Like that. Would... But, then, but then you're going to get another problem, right? There was this uh, uh, philosopher, right, the 20th century Wittgenstein, who said all the problems essentially are the problems of language. And as soon as you mm. solve problem of language and our understanding of language, you can start. there is no more philosophy because like you solve all the, you know, kind of Confusion. on dialectical level, like it's just done, right? There is no more to argue about. Mm. So like we can, we can ask 
Okay, let's take actually a really fun uh, thought ex- experiment because imagine we ask a question to everybody on Earth. How the hell do you translate this in like 200 something languages or 300 languages, right? Sure. We're translating, we're probably going to lose or shift the meaning, right? Just translation itself is an interpretation. So like unless you ask in, in this kind of mathematical language. Yeah. Uh, like what's the movie Arrival, right? So like you ask this, yeah, Arrival like did a good job with that. Like a, a like this alien language, right? That you need to, to kind of break it all down, right? Yeah, the um, dimensional language, which was I felt was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a cool. Con- Have you read the book? Yes, um, yeah. the entire what is it called? Like um, the entire history of you or something? Like that? I can't remember. I felt like the movie did a really good job of adapting it. She was kind of like I didn't like her character in the book that much. Like oh her, yeah, her but, character, in the, but in, in the movie you liked it better. Yeah, I liked her character in the movie, but the movie is obviously very heavy-handed. But I think it was fine, and I think it accomplished oh, a lot movie. of good stuff. Love so, oh yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Um, I, I love sci-fi like that, and it was a very optimistic sci-fi, which I thought was cool. And it had like it, it reminded me kind of like Carl Sagan kind of stuff, you know, like thinking of right. It's like optimistic, but it doesn't lose the touch with reality. Of yes. Grave yes. responsibility it carries. Yes. To absolutely. Me, like, you, like, I'm like, usually like I won't buy anything optimistic unless it, it tells me the reality that it, there is a danger. Sure. You, you know, need like to. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm from Eastern Europe, dude. I'm like, my, the tragic <laughs> sense of life is still present there. And I'm sure. like, you just paint the, the world as like an all this pink. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's interesting. That, that's your right? that's your genetic makeup, but not your genetic makeup, but it's your it's psychological culture, makeup. I think that's a cultural makeup. Yeah, right? I, I mean, like, I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah, right. Like it's probably cultural, right? It's yeah. just like the you know, like when a kid gets burned when it was a kid, right? Like you touch a hot stove, like you will remember forever. You can you might not remember your memories, like let's say from two year old, but you will remember uh, forever. Remember the, how you got burned, right? On a subconscious level. Yeah. And That's uh, I meant to say that it was a more of a psychological thing. So right, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, yeah. It is, it is um, fascinating though. Um, all these topics are really fascinating because I think they kind of harken back to like what it is we do. Well, like I think the more I think about it as being an artist, I'm so blessed that I followed my passions and I followed mm-hmm. my pursuit of being an artist because I feel like in my mind, um, well, like not just an artist, but as a creative person, I guess I consider myself more of a creative person than an mm-hmm. artist, but I'm really glad and proud to, to be that because like, I feel like the future is a lot, a big part of the future is going to come from, you know, this kind of mindset of, of mm-hmm, manifesting mm-hmm. and taking the future and like, and, and processing things and like utilizing things and, 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 and augmenting it. I think Steve Jobs called it the reality distortion field. I think that's fascinating. Like, taking these deeper concepts and conversations and questioning things and then going into the future inside of your mind and then extracting from the ether like yeah and, and possible have your results. own voice on that and you know just and like having your voice uh, yes. on those issues and i feel this is like if and hopefully we can kind of circle back and, and not be afraid to have your own voice too because you're going to get yelled at you know online just don't share your voice on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say that uh, about the like the having your voice, like artistic voice, when I say that, right? And just going back to like whoever, whatever the place you grew up, whatever the culture is, there is always a benefit for you to take that and into the how you define your style of work. Mm. Uh, because like this is another like a question I, I I get asked a lot, like, well, how do you come up with shapes? How do you come up with the this sort of ideas and the the goal here really, I think, like artistically is to uh, to look at what makes your experience unique. Mm. 
like your experience truly yours. So when I say define your voice, because at the end of the day, uh, like regardless of whether you want to grow artistically for the pure fine art exploration, or if you want to become uh, an industry specialist, right? It's important to look at you as a brand, right? And and develop your own unique sense of whether it's design or art style and or you know whatever that is. Yeah. And and like looking at your unique experience and drawing inspiration from there, um, like it, I think it's 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 critical. One of the critical components to really ensuring that you've been you having something that you know other people don't don't have in, in terms of like even if we're talking let's say marketplace. And if we're talking about, let's say you're looking for a job uh, or like projects, so like you should just kind of circle back and that whole kind of culture, I think it's it's a benefit. Even if let's say you come from a place where it wasn't really promoting where you want to be, like you can use it experience and pivot around that and to show the world things, you know, beautiful things in a way that only you see them, right? As you so should. Like I think yeah. Right, for sure. Yeah. So like the, the artistic voices, like whatever, every your, your experience, your psychological makeup creates a certain prism, a filter right through which you see the world and you can keep working on that and to make something unique of your own. And I think uh, like today, this message for some reason, I don't see it as much like you see a lot of this drive to kind of get things done quickly. Like here's tutorial, 10 minute tutorial, how to draw a <laughs> dragon, you know, like this kind of stuff. And yeah. And and I think like there is a healthy impatience and unhealthy impatience, and it is important uh, to to be able to distinguish both. Yeah, because like you don't want to be so uh, you know patient per se in in a kind of bad way that uh, you just don't want to progress, right? Like there is this line between being patient and complacent, right? You want to yeah. have the drive to improve, but you want to have a healthy level of impatience where you have enough patience to enjoy the plateau and grow and, and kind of take your time to look really deep inside to see like what makes you going, what makes you excited about, um, you know, let's say, uh, you're like sculpting and you, some people like really like sculpting hands and some people really like sculpting heads, right? Like, yes, like I know a few like people that one is actually really, really like sculpting hands and the other person, like it's all about the portrait. And to me, it's so interesting because you would think that, that, um, like, it's not even worth to try to break down why exactly the case. It's more important, like, how can you utilize that? Mm -hmm. Because once you define what kind of makes you excited and the kind of path is open for you to really go in depth in, in depth there. And willing, today we live in this very sort of specialized economy where you can, like, specialize in one thing. And because it's a big connected world out there, you most likely can find... Uh, a project for you like it could be super niche right so to me that's actually a super exciting uh, time you know to be alive uh, as a creative yes is that is the that best time you, we're in the second yeah, renaissance like, right now yeah for sure like you you can find uh application for even kind of most niche if you like one of the few people who do that of course it might be harder like that's a that's a whole different other topic but I think it's better for sure than let's say oh, it yeah. was 15 years ago. Oh, insane. Just yeah. five years ago, even 10 years right. ago. I mean, it's just, it's the, 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 the opportunity window has blossomed in, uh, significantly. Mm -hmm. I, I was just thinking this, I was walking through the airport the other day and I was looking at, um, like, a like it was like, you know, you know, like com company sees candy, sees candy. You ever seen that? It's like, it's like uh, candy. It doesn't matter. It's sure. It, it has a logo on it. Right. And I remember thinking like, fuck like i had this weird like sinking feeling like it took me back to when i was in college and i was really contemplating whether i should pursue art because mm -hmm. 
I was like, well, how am I going to make a living off of it? Okay, well, let's say I do like a logo or something. Well, then I got to make like X amount of money to like to build my life off of that. You know, like mm-hmm. that's just a really weird thing. Now people are able to play video games that they've never made. They haven't done anything and they just play video games and they share that experience and they're making, well, I don't know if they're doing it now, if that still works, but they're like, there's millionaires off of like these people mm-hmm. that are just doing like, and it's a real weird thing. And I think that's why there's this epidemic of people wanting to get quick fixes because they see these things that are happening. And it's almost like the lottery winner. Um, do, you really, do you really think there is like an epidemic that's like more different now than it was? Or you think it was always the case? It was always the case. I just think yeah. it's more in our face, you know? Right now it's more evident because of the technology, how easy it is to use and all that stuff. Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so because it's, 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 I think it's that. And it's, I think it's just because of it's all in our face, like more mm-hmm. than ever because of how we feed off the internet. Right. Like yeah. if you, if you like think about it, right. That from, from perspective, uh, I recently heard that, you know, how, um, the, when electricity just was invented, you know, the new market opportunities were defined, but you take an old product, you add electricity, you have a new product, right? Mm. And like you take, let's say, uh, uh, the... Um, like an oven you know, turn into a toaster. Right. Or like before, let's say electric oven, like just when they just invented electricity, it was all like based from like a electric bulb. Like the first version, like the first washing machine, you would plug them into the the bulbs, right? The electric bulb socket. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably super safe, right? A lot of people <laughs> got safe. like electrocuted, right? <laughs> so like the point is there was this huge opportunity, right? And then like... Fast forward a hundred years or almost a hundred years um, uh, or even more than a hundred years to the internet, you get the same thing where you take um, an existing product, right? And you add internet, you have a new product, right? So like you take a regular bank and you add internet and you have PayPal, right? And what kind of happened with internet is that I, I think like we're on this sort of, uh, uh, at this a- age when we kind of matured on that point of view because we've been you know internet how how many years been around Mm. you you, like almost everything you can think about it that you could add internet to it you added it so now the new thing is ai so you take an old product you add ai it's a new product and especially for big corporations that's how you save money right so like you you add like this uh services for uh you automated um uh what's it called like when you call like the service Oh, like, um, yeah, like, like support, form, like, like support, support, like yeah, things like that, support, right? Yeah. Like the customer support, things like that, yeah. the automated customer support. Nobody should like, have been doing that job anyways, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> those fucking jobs. Like those are the jobs that when people are like, oh, they're taking our, nobody wants those fucking jobs. Nobody should be doing those jobs. You know, it's like, those oh, are I shit don't know. Jobs. When, I, when I read the book on Zappos, it was interesting how that was actually That's the way thank that you would economy. Connect. Yeah, the thank you. Well, that was a yeah. that was a part kind of of the how they build a culture because everybody has to go through that uh, yeah. customer service and that's how you connect with the customers. I think it depends on the on the what's the product, what's the strategic sort of angle for the company. I have a question uh, for you before you. Sorry, because I don't want to lose our, that right there. Oh, when when you yeah. go to when you go to get something like sometimes when I go to get like food or something, I, sometimes uh-huh. I don't want to interact with the human. Do you have that same thing? Because sometimes I don't want to because when I do and the person really sucks, it ruins the food for me. And it's always a it's always a gamble. Like But when you when you buy food, you don't want to interact with a human? Sometimes I don't want to. I don't I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get my food. Yeah. I think it's normal. Like we even for people who are like extroverts once in a while, they just want to like be to themselves and I think it's normal. 
but I, but what I'm saying is that sometimes I don't mind it, but that's, but, but, it's, but I could go, the problem is it's mostly because if I get food and that the food's good, but the service is really bad or if I was ignored oh, I or something. Yeah, of course that would ruin it. Yeah, that it, makes total sense. And yeah. so, so I, I'd rather err on the side of caution. I don't have to deal with that, you know? Right. So you so want to have an option to like, it's all automated, right? Yeah. And I, and, and yeah. that's just one of those things that I just simply would not care. Yeah. To. But at the same time, you want to like, in some cases, when you have a great service and that's part of what makes that night. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Special, right. So there's like yeah. both sort of pros and cons there, right? So yes. we're probably going to get into the space where we're going to have diversity in both sectors, right? We're going to have like robots, uh, you know, serving you know, like the just robotic arm, make all the cool, you know, makes you a hamburger or whatever, right? Or, or <laughs> It'll sushi, just be a different thing. Yeah. Or a different thing or just like automated, whatever. And uh, yeah, but just kind of like circle back to that. Yeah, but just to answer your question, I do have the same thing too sometime. I think, I think, I think it's normal. But just kind of circle back the whole kind of AI plus all product. So to to me, like if you look at the, and that's kind of what's, you know, the whole Silicon Valley is based on, we're in this attention-based economy because attention, kind of the eyes, right? Attention and, eyes. and information. Yeah. Attention, right? Like it's it's what drives the ads, right? And the ads what is what driving those companies, you know, stock value, whatever. And from that point of view, even let's say people who stream their games, right? And let's say the streamers, they make money of streaming the games or players who, uh, have a lot of subscribers. Like it's a lot of like it's attention today is what converts, uh, like converts to, to essentially to currency to, yeah. to, to currency, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's it's a very sort of strange phenomena, right? Yeah. Uh, like I don't have what kind of have to wrap wrap my hand around like where this is going because a lot it's a huge mar it's it's a huge portion of economy, right? It's driven by attention. So whatever makes gets attention is what sort of makes it, right? And in the well, way It's almost like it's been doing that for years. If you go like to old Western town, they have like a sign that says saloon. Like the sign is there to catch your attention. It's just now it's like it's on screens. But sorry to segue, I'm just no, no, it's a, it's saying good, it's been around good, for a long yeah, time. It's, good, but, it's a good yeah. point. Yeah, you're totally right. It's just, yeah. I guess, uh, what I'm wondering about whether the level of how disproportionate it is today what do you right. mean by like, well, what I mean by that is like, we're all the time on our phones, you know, there's Facebook and everything is sort of fighting for your attention. Yeah. And if you think, let's say, let's go back to the, the hypothetical cowboy town, right? You have, let's say there is a sign that says barber, right? And it attracts your attention for, let's say for three, for like three seconds of your time, you just, it just told your attention. You saw the barber sign, but then you go in for like 30 minutes, you actually get a haircut, Right. So yeah. like there is an actual like product on the other side, there is a haircut, right? Mm -hmm. But today a lot of the so-called product, it's just sort of, it's, it's visuals, it's information, as you said, right? It's not a physical product and we live on that, right? And a lot of people live on that too. And what I'm curious about is whether the, because it's driving that incentive is attention based, right? That yeah. the, as long as you get attention, you get the, sort of, that's your product. Yeah. Certain, it's not the product, but that's how, that's what you exchange for product, right? Yeah. You, that means anything that gets attention will sort of be on, on the top of your sort of playlist, right? Yeah. And like you wake up in the morning, you get, let's say notifications and I, like, I, I, I don't have any notifications on my phone precisely for that reason. No, I like, mean either. Get the notification from like Instagram or Facebook. Nope. I turn all that shit off. Precisely because that steals your attention. And if you like, if you keep kind of thinking that thought is the only like non-renewable resource that we have is time, time baby. Can't That's fuck with that only shit. Thing. Yeah. Like you, you can We're make all dying, money, man. Right. You mm -hmm. can make more money, but you can't make more time. Right. Yes. It's a paradox. And, like, 
and it's an interesting kind of like in, in today's sort of relation how thing where things are going and how everything accelerated in terms of attention. Yeah. I, that I don't new know, rich, like, yeah, that new so rich, what? that new rich thing you were talking about earlier on the conversation too. I think Tim Ferriss talks a lot about that too. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. our work week and all that stuff, he talks a lot about that as well. Right. But yeah, the, the 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 attention thing, the attention war, and all that stuff is it is really interesting. And it's it, like even just tonight, I had uh, my daughter and her boyfriend over for dinner, and like they were hanging out, and like they they were on their phones like incessantly. It's like they couldn't, mm-hmm. and they were just like scrolling through it. It's and it's scary for me, and I feel so bad for them because it's at the point where like I can't be like, okay, guys, turn off the phones. It's like they're becoming of young. Course, yeah. They're becoming young adults where I can't really. I don't want to be that person with them, you know? So I just kind of let them do it. But I also just like kind of cringe. I'm like, man, like you're, you're addicted. This is an addiction, you know, like you can't yeah, even, you can't even be that, here. That addiction is also a norm, right? Like when, you know, it's just kind of a norm too. Like, so you're going to have kind of a both on the side of the spectrum. You're going to have people that are addicted in the kind of pathological way, right? That kind of messes with them. But then also you're going to have people sort of take it in a balanced way and they make it into something, right? Because at the same time, you do, you are actually capable to connect with more people, right? Yeah. Using social media. There's a lot of like, even let's say, look at our industry and how it grew in connections with artists or like how much of the knowledge ex- exchange. You can like literally just open Instagram right now, open any render and like and ask something. And there's a chance people are going to respond. It's like, oh, you, this tool or that tool. So you just got a knowledge kind of out of your pocket. So that's kind of amazing, right? Yes, it's, it's amazing. What, at, yeah. at, it's like at what price, but the question is also at what price does it come, right? Yes. Like, so it's always like at what price? I think it's kind of a valid question to ask when we get like new amazing technologies because it's not... It's not optimized for uh, well-being of, of, of a human civilization. It's optimized for consumption, the sur- survival of the company that produces the app, right? And you know, like I know a few people who work on apps like that, and they're like the smartest people I know. They break down the human psychology. The you know we have cognitive uh, biases and the way you know how we make selections. It's like these are like the smartest people. <laughs> sure. And and like they break down the human mind to such a level and they continue to refine. It's not like they, you know, they made app like 20 years ago. Like they keep refining it because they're in this evolutionary space of between other apps, right? Yeah. And like they're like perfected it, right? Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it, it's, it's, I, I look at it as being a beautiful thing. It's like a beautiful flower that can harm you, you know? It's like a beautiful flower that you can't hold, you know? Like you gotta be careful or it's like the sun. It's this beautiful thing and but you can't look at it. You know, it's like, yeah, but then, but then again, like there is a sound, but there is no sunscreen and you're like Sahara desert. Well, is it awesome? Not really. There is more harm from it. And yes. And like, I'm I'm very curious, like, let's say next 10 years, what's going to happen. I heard about like even Instagram trying, going to try to do, or they already do like they pull down like the whole likes thing. So the post won't show any likes or something like that. Yes. Have you heard about it? Which I think is actually good. And I'm hundred percent. and right. support of that because you know i think a lot of people that are like they'll look at themselves and like they'll value themselves like oh i don't have for that sure, many yeah. like friends or likes and that's just it, it's sad it's really hard for kids i think more than anything people especially, that are under, yeah, under, underdeveloped for, you know? for like teenagers is the hardest for sure because they are yeah. in this most sort of well, they're, they're very hormone stage where like yeah. it's, it actually means a lot for them but like my point was there that uh i'm, I'm when i see things like that i'm actually pretty hopeful that Okay, at some points, this company actually maybe will will get some ethics as well, right? 
Yeah, I mean, they, that's that's kind of a first sign that they they might actually in, introduce some good ethics there. Well, they keep their doors open by, and the thing is with companies, I I, I have to look at myself. Uh, you know, like would I do that? Would I? This is something that I'm constantly fighting with too for my own self. It's like, would I turn off the lights for this? You know, or would I mm-hmm. tell my family like, okay, we're not eating dinner tonight because we're sacrificing for this? You know, and then I wouldn't mm-hmm. expect a company to do the same thing because that's how companies work. They they're there to feed the need of their own selves, you know? So <laughs> it's all a part of it. And that's why like with, with certain things like with Facebook and stuff, I, I simply just don't really ever use it anymore. Um, mm. And with, like with the difference that is, they're very disproportionate, you know, it's like yeah. for you, for you, let's say not like skip a dinner and then a company, a huge company to not pay like a half a billion dollar of taxes. Right. It's <laughs> like that the difference is just so disproportionate that this, the companies that the huge companies, they're kind of unique, like this, their budget, right? Like some of the companies budget, like bigger than the, some of those European countries. Right. That's, yes. that's so crazy. Like how they're <laughs> like, it's an ecosystem of so much, uh, just capabilities and, 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 you know, power in terms of the, the, the financial power they can do. Like, it's fascinating. Like, I really don't know where this is going. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's going somewhere. Yeah, it's going somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's going straight down the consumption <laughs> tube into the fucking toilet, right into it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But we're all part of it. We you know, like you and I both have Instagram accounts. We both have Facebook. We're all oh, part. Yeah, we're, we're like uh, we're in the we're system like in the in the freak show, dude. <laughs> and we are, and I think like, well, let me ask you then. Why why do you use these things? Like what what like oh, yeah, for the same part of the same reason every the other guy does. Like that's it's simple. I have no illusions about it. What what is it that why do you use it then? Because I have my own reasons and I can explain that. But what well, are you? We, okay, we have we, we can have like the secondary reasons. I can tell you like okay, of course it's the, uh, you know, I get connected with other people and yeah. it's you know, and I, I get some sometimes I get like you know uh, some gigs out of it and uh, you know freelance and I see what's out there and to me this kind of a a good compass for, a kind of that validates the art whether is, you know, like the art is still relevant. So it kind of keeps me accountable and, and sharp. And there is like, there's a lot of positive force, but I, like positive reason, right? Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to like make illusions like where this is all coming from. I think just biologically it comes from the same reason that people, you know, on from their sort of genetic drive were built in to show what we're capable of to get better chances in life in general. Mm. And like for you, when, if you have an outlet to show what you can do and it gets reflected by other people, it's like, you're just intrinsically motivated, try to get as many people to see that. And to me, that's, that's actually kind of a, uh, that's an interesting paradox because you don't want that or affect your artistic direction. No. And that, I think that's the one thing you need to be aware as an dangerous. artist. It's like, it's dangerous because you don't want to become this, uh, Commodity to your likes. Yeah. Well, like you don't want, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Likes yeah. or followers, whatever that is, you don't want like that affect what you want to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like, I remember like when I think I was like starting posting some of the uh, like medieval stuff and some people were, like, hey, dude, I like follow you because you do robots. <laughs> like, dude, sorry, like this account, I'm like, I'm just doing art. Like if you don't like it, you know, we can always Unfollow, look at peace it. Out. And, and it's fine. Like I, it's, and I, I get the sentiment because let's say if I would, I understand where the people's coming from sure. because let's say, uh, I like all the SpaceX and they started putting cats on there 
exactly i'm like or like not even do the rockets they just start to like actually sell cats or like or like <laughs> like imagine you watch a sci-fi movie yeah. and in in suddenly in the middle of it it stops being sci-fi i'm like dude i give you my attention yeah so i actually don't hold hold any grudge or anything i totally understand where people are coming from that's a good point and yeah. but at the same time i think that you want to understand both sides because uh you don't want that affect uh your creative path because you're here at the end of the day to explore what you need to explore yeah. on your human journey, right? And people who support you, that's amazing. And and people who, you know, they have a different outlook where you should go. Well, you should take that with a precaution because at the end of the day, you bear responsibility of your own path. Yes, yes. And 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 I and I think like when you say like you can see that, uh, you know, with teenagers or let's say younger artists, because there is this notion that they think like, well, if you have this many followers, somehow this unlocks this and that. I see that and with thing, people. Yeah. Sorry, and the thing ahead. is, it doesn't really, it doesn't. Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't because it's unauthentic. And everybody just wants authenticity. And the weird thing is like they'll look at you and they'll go, oh, look at your authentic work. And then they, then like they'll try to do it themselves and it just won't work. Because it's not right, right. like they'll try to repeat part, it. Part of it is also because intuitively we, I think hum, we, we know. Humans, I mean, we intuitively can spot yes. uh, a liar, right? If someone is not authentic, we can spot that. And because well, most of us, of, not everybody though, but a lot of most of us, I think. Yeah, yeah. I like I, I, when I say like generally, kind of usually we're better than this. Let's say than if we wouldn't have that kind of built-in feature. So I think like yeah. the lack of authenticity like shows up, but also. It's because of that, uh, generally, I think it's overvalued, like the kind of the public stock of that, what what social media would think does and helps. I think it's overvalued because you can totally make an amazing career without even having an account. Like I have a friend who uh, I think he's not on Facebook or and he just, I think, started Instagram mm-hmm. and he posts like trees and like he doesn't like he doesn't use it for work. And stuff Is this like Roman? That. No, someone else. Yeah, but okay. Roman's is actually a good example. I think he's also started to post. Uh, he's so like good. Yeah, he's, oh, he's he's like a sign. He's this freaking scientist. Dude. <laughs> I think he, he started I love posting Roman. his work. Yeah, he started posting uh, his work. I think like he's okay. I gotta follow him because I love right. I love seeing his work. So right. Yeah. So like he's actually also would be like oh, a good yeah. example of someone who can you know build career because of the the time he spends on you know actually inventing things and when he let's say connects. You'll say you can connect with, uh, uh, you know, thousand random people on social media or you can connect with one uh, guy on the conference who is the conference built around this specific interest just by showing what you just did. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. that could be like that could be even more va- valuable. Right. Or you go direct. So I think that there's definitely d- lots of way, uh, lots of different ways, because I think like. It would be probably a good point to mention that for all, you know, introverts out there who feel social pressure to be public. Like to me, I, I feel like, you know, that all introverts out there, they're actually bullied by society to become public person just because everybody's public. Like I'm more, <laughs> yeah. I'm more introverted. So like I can totally relate. Yeah, I'm and, more introverted as well. It's weird, but I'm also very social. It depends on the day. You see, you yeah, seem to be the same. Ambivert or whatever the, the term, the ambivert that depends on the day. Oh, I don't know. Are you 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 can you seem that way as well? But I know that you think a lot, so I would imagine that you like your seclusion. So yeah, like every time, like let's say I, I socialize. After that, I need the I need, you need a to break. take a nap. Like yeah, 
like no, after no, this podcast. Just, like, I need I need to be like just a, the actual break from talking to people. Like this weekend was like a very socialized. I had a few friends in town, mm. and Monday, Tuesday, and even like yeah, two days. I was like, okay, I can't I can't really talk. It's just <laughs> too much work. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's taxing. It's, right, and it's like and for some people they actually thrive on that. Yeah, and there is there is actually a great book on that. It's called Quiet. Mm. Let me let me pull it up. Uh, the one second, I'm gonna go to Audible. Um, you crush like, so many books. You, you're you're big into reading. You were showing me. I don't even know how you were going through that many books. I'm listening to them on on double speed in the gym, dude. Every wow. day. That's, okay. That's, how so do you consume I, that though? Is that gym, too fast or to, what? I, when I go to the gym, I'm going to the library, and I'm, it's like I don't listen book while I work out. I work out while I'm listening to the books. Right. How much time do you spend at the gym then? Oh, just an hour or like okay. double time. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause yeah, I found it, that it like, depends I, on the book, of course. Yeah. Where I find this? that I listen to, to stuff and then I listen to it multiple times. That's and the like, best. Yeah. I, I come back to, I, I was just listening. Like when I was in um, Vienna, I was walking around the streets and I just put on mastery like randomly mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. of the book. And I was like, okay, yeah. All right. I'm just going to listen to this. And I just, I used to feel really bad that I wouldn't finish books, but I really, I, you know, that feeling when you finished a book, you're like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" I fucking you get like finished. a badge of honor, right? Yeah, that you I like fucking complete it. Yeah, and I want to show the world, like, suck my balls. I fucking read this book, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, but then when I don't finish a book, I feel horrible. Like I have to suck somebody's balls because I didn't finish the book. <laughs> right. But right. I realized that, like, you, I don't. I mean, do you know this whole tendency now? It used to be that. So now books getting shorter too because everybody's fighting for attention. Mm. What's interesting though, the authors generally actually welcome this change because it used to be that a lot of the authors had to pump up the information and dilute their books. Just so their publishers yeah. are kind of like happy with that. And now, like, I think, Distill it, uh, baby. Get me yeah, to the and point. Yeah, that's great. That's that's good. I mean, it's good and bad. Like you don't want to like distill it too much when it's not too much. Kind of dead. Yeah, not too much, right? Yes. But let's say when the book is uh, when it goes, the book goes from like nine hours to six, right? Okay, I'll and take without, that. I'll yeah. take that too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so this, please. <laughs> the book is called "Quiet" uh, by Susan Cain and Quiet. "Quiet: The Power of Introverts in the World That Can't Stop Talking." So that yeah. book was actually kind of really impactful on me because it made me come to sort of terms with my own personality traits mm. but also it, it highlights both the the strengths of both introverts and 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 extroverts but it does this in such a kind of deep way that it makes you really aware of where your kind of inclinations are and in a way that allows you to again you know maximize your output creative output you know or or be aware, you know, of when when it when you like require a level of stimulation that's uh, very productive. You know, like if you're introvert, like let's say you're highly introverted, you might want to work uh, in a quiet room, right, to keep um, a, a proper level of stimulation. And when you that's when what you I work, do. You, I can't right. work in the public area anymore. Oh right, okay. So you do you listen to music though? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Not yeah, always, I'm, though. I'm the, I'm the same always. way. Like, I'm, I'm most of the time I listen to the music, and depending on what kind of project that is, different kind of music. But like, generally, you would you would get this differentiation of of you know people who let's say if somebody's more extroverted, they need a little bit more juice. You know, they need a little bit more stuff going on to get them stimulated, mm-hmm. because your performance really depends on just how how stimulated you are at the moment. Yeah, and some people like eat pressure. Like you know, they they need to be in public and under the pressure to really 
perform well you know I, guess I have a little bit of that too i mean usually what I, if i'm going to make a, if i'm going to do like a big thing i'll if i have a big project i'll make it public so that it puts the pressure on me like with right, star yeah. wars i'm like i'm gonna do star wars and then like okay. before i have much i'm like i'm doing star wars and i'm like oh fuck what i just yeah, tell so everybody you're like the ambivert, right like <laughs> you have mixed it's it's a mix right so it's, it's so. balanced actually because you means it means you can use the extroverted side to network and connect with people and kind of explore the world out there. But at the same time, when you need to, you kind of be... When you need to get work done, I have to hermit out. You know, you need to be hermit for like a day without, uh, you know, think about anything to really reflect on something and get some... You just deep thinking, man. Right, Uh, just deep deep thinking, thinking, right. So I think that's that's the best for sure. Yeah, Um, I guess. uh, so I think like today with the, like the social media, there might be some extra pressure, let's say an introverts. Anyways, I think we there's a little bit, there's a little pressure though. Like I, I feel it sometimes when I post something and I got to go like, so for a while there, I think this is why I don't have a huge following. I have a decent following, I guess. And I have, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how much of it actually adds up to anything. I don't even know. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming it does, but I'm, it's all just numbers at this point. But like, I think one of my problems, I guess it's not a problem. It's just me being authentically to myself is I'm simply curious about so many things. I don't really mm-hmm. care to like, like with you, it's, it's like, I can see people going like, Hey, like, where's the robots, you know, like, because you're like, you, you fucking pump out the crazy robots, but then you're getting into the night stuff and now you're doing your game stuff. And like, so people that are fans of you have to adjust and kind of accept that, hey, I'm going to follow this guy and he's going to like wow me with all kinds of random stuff and I just have to adjust my taste to his taste, you know? Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but for me, it's the same. I have a similar problem where I'm like, well, I'm into photography and I'm also into fucking like motion graphics. I'm into design. <laughs> like I'm into cars right. and like all these weird things. And I think it, I always felt like, damn, I think this is damaging because I don't have a focus. I'm not like a Jiro dreams of sushi. I'm well, just doing sushi the question, all the right? time. What is the damage too? Like da- damage with the the image, the public image, or you damage your, your happiness or your path. Like I think it's me, probably like, a little bit of both. Like, oh, it's you not, think so? No, it doesn't affect my happiness all that much. Like, I, I mean, well, it goes back to like, you said that like when the things that you use social media for, I, I align with all those things, you know, like it's networking and it's also connecting with friends and people and then also seeing work and all that stuff. But at the same time, I am doing it to make sure like I, I'm doing it, I think, I think a lot of it comes down and this is something that I thought psychologically is I grew up without a dad and I, and I grew up with a mom that had to work a lot. And so I think Mm -hmm. psychologically I have a lot of like deep seated kind of like insecurity issues where I'm, I'm wanting acceptance from others. And I think like when I come and face that like head on that ugly feeling, I think a lot of my decisions using online social media stuff comes from like that weird break that I have in my social like makeup, you know? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, at least you're aware of it because that probably is the main kind of filter gate there through which you look at this stuff. That's good that you understand that. Yes. And I'm knowing that because I started going to see a therapist and that's helping mm, me see. out a lot too nice. because man, I, I, I mean, it's, it's expensive. It's not cheap and it's, and it's, it sucks, you know, like, like to go in your head and like to expose all this shit about yourself a lot, a lot of work oh it's so much work man and like the weirdest things that i'll just be talking about something and then i'll just start crying because i was like a thing will hit me so hard from like i you know it's like a we it's weird i have this uh, this uh, this i can't really explain it but all my life i'll have a blinder on but unaware that it's been there and then yeah, all what, of a sudden sorry, it, sorry i didn't hear you blind what like all of my life i will have 
like I'm, I think I'm seeing clearly. And then actually I've been blind. Like, or there's been something right in my, Oh, I see like something yeah. right in my face, but it's blended in with my environment. And then all of a sudden it goes like, poof, like, and I'm like, fuck, you've been there the whole time. Like, this, wow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But that's then, amazing though that's like how you really grow because oh. everybody's got that the fact that you like experience that that's awesome dude you have to <laughs> we're here to grow you know like and i'm here to accept my faults and accept my problems and, and embrace them and at the same time get them the fuck out of my way <laughs> you know because like life is too short also to sit and well and 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 deal with it i i found that and it's something I think it's a coping mechanism that I've designed over time is I look at my past. Like I used to say I have a bad memory. It's almost like mm-hmm. a, I'm moving forward on a road. And I, when I look back to my past, it's like a city that I'm above and it's all the fog. I can't see all the details and I just see the tops of the cities. Right. And the, the tops of the city of the buildings are like those deep pains or those deep loves or whatever it might be. But I can only see them from afar. And then in the future, I just kind of see like just, you know, my unknown reality, but I'm trying to manifest it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in my office, I kind of control that vessel, you know, but outside of my office, I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm losing control of this, you know, like I have a teenage daughter and it's like, that's hard because, you know, she's growing and doing all these things. And it's, it, there's all these unknowns, you know, that I'm trying to right. like navigate and stuff. And anybody that's <clears throat> a parent or just, you know, living life, it's, kind of similar but it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey so do you think like that that affects your art too like the whole kind of self-reflection all that stuff too everything affects your art if you're being if you're doing true art you know so yeah i think so i I like i like that that say everything affects you if you're doing true art right that you want to be intellectually honest yes actually actually think yeah well if you're doing your true if you're really in your true essence of who you are like it's coming through you like and Mm -hmm. i try if 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 ever i try to be when i sit down to work and i'm doing my true art even if it's like let's say star wars that's what i'm putting my focus in every decision is made on like a a decision that i'm learning about myself Mm -hmm. you know so even if it's that it's still coming through me and my own experience of perception of reality too so um, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be like, I'm expressing myself on a painting or whatever. It doesn't have to be that kind of artsy thing. It, it's just you existing in your essence, you know? And I think that's why I'm all every day I'm trying to do that. So actually I'm not trying to, I'm literally doing it. <laughs> it's like, it, it's just how it works. It's not even a choice at this point. So which is also a blessing too, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, are you, have you seen Have you, have you seen a therapist before? Um, nope. Oh, interesting. I think you'd like it, man. I, I, your therapist's got their hands, man. They're going to be like, fuck, you know, they're going to have to go through that brain of yours. <laughs> do you, do you ever have a desire to go to a therapist? Uh, no, no. Yeah, you know, like I read and listen to a lot of, uh, psychological stuff and, uh, I had a few things I wanted to kind of dig into and resolved and I was pretty happy with what I got out of it. And uh, I could probably benefit more, you know, going to a, like a therapist to talk about this stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, like right now, I'm, I'm I feel very balanced with uh, like where I am. Like I like the machine, you know. I really enjoy the machine, and by machine, I mean like you know the sort software and hardware that I got. Sure. Like it, I like how it drives. Right. Your daily you know, reality. It's because like, I feel like it's got a, a healthy balance between like a kind of a healthy ego that pushes me forward. Mm-hmm. 
but not in a kind of an asshole kind of way where I'm kind of ready to sacrifice everybody to get there. <laughs> and yeah. and I feel like it's just everything in the way that's the way it's right now, it's balanced. Good equilibrium then. I, I feel there isn't kind of equilibrium, right? And it, yeah. to me, like it, it's actually the, the same reason why I haven't done like psychedelic drugs too, because mm. like You've I don't want to mess. Um, no, not, nothing like nothing serious. Right. And the, I like I want to, but at the same time, I don't want to mess with that machine just yet. Like I'm, you know, like I have this joke, like, okay, I, I can't wait to get like 40. I'm going to start doing like steroids and get all tapped up and like <laughs> go full, like go full Joe Rogan experience. Right. Like I, I, this is a, jo- this is a kind of a recurrent joke. Uh, but <laughs> there's some in truth way, in there. Say what? It sounds like there's some truth in that. Right, right. I mean, and, and the, the truth is more yeah. about just like exploring experiences yes. because I don't really have, a th- I don't sure. have, I don't feel like I have a issue I want to resolve for like a friend of mine that did the ayahuasca, right? Yeah. And he, he said like, oh, if you want to do it, we can totally do it. But you got to have like a phrase, a question. And I was like, I was thinking about it for a few days. And I'm like, okay, I don't really have a question. Yeah, same. Really. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm enjoying this right to kind of explore in the same. In this kind of level of clarity that I have. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying this is kind of the permanent state. Everything might change soon. And I hope it does. I hope it, you know, things keeps evolving. But like, yeah, you know, another, another joke like that. I, like I say, I can't wait to get old to, to just play video games because they're going to be freaking amazing, right? Like, can you imagine <laughs> how video games going to be awesome when we get oh, old? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. won't even be video games. It'll be a new thing. It'll just be, because that's where the, the new form of entertainment is going to be that. Right, it's going to be yeah. like choose your own adventure. It's going to be choose your own reality, basically. I hope so, so yeah. I of course so. it is, dude, of course. Like, I want to, you know, like, I want to play, like, whatever the Dark Souls of when I'll be 85 or 90, I want to play oh, that game. You're going to be in the Dark Soul. You are yeah, going like, to become like, a Dark Whatever the analogous of that experience is going to yeah. be VR or, like, the suit, whatever the thing's going to be. Like, I can't wait to try it out. Like, I don't know what's the ecology going to be, but, like, if I, or, like, what my health and everything and like if I, you know, or like if I don't become completely nihilistic or things like that, but I know for sure like the <laughs> game's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> well, I know for, it's cool that you bring that up too, because you do have equilibrium and that's really hard because like, you know, you want to always be pushing hard, you know, so, yeah. but, but you yeah, don't want to become for, complacent. For, for pushing hard, you also need the kind of equilibrium you when you rest. have this kind of, the, 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 the buzzing sense in your kind of the, your, in, in the, whatever the moving apparatus you got like you want to to feel like something's pushing you yeah but you don't want in a way that it's pushing you in the pathological way where something else is hurting and that's when i think like kind of circle back the whole kind of optimizing for single objective because like looking back let's say seven years ago or like when we talked to like the last uh, podcast it was five years i kind of was in that mind state Mm. and i got lucky that you know i didn't burn any bridges or like I didn't, you know, ruin my you know life or health or whatever, because I was kind of like living only like that. It was just like, okay, I'm only doing this thing. And that's that. Yeah. You have and good like, support in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is like a, another whole different, another whole story. You want to build that. Um, you structure. need that. You need yeah. you, behind every good, strong person is another strong person. At least, at least, at least, at one, least one, right? But yeah, yeah at least one yeah. for sure. Yeah. Cool. We're tribal animals, you know? So yeah. And we're social tribal animals as well. And um, yeah, yeah, and like you need you need someone who keeps you accountable also, and 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 real in a sort of this deterministic kind of back kind of to earth kind of way, right? Yeah, to I reflect. Think. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's really important um, to have that to have a significant other um, to help you or a person help you because it's it's really hard to do it yourself. I think. At least I think it is um, nearly, For sure. nearly yeah. impossible to do so. Um, 
but yeah, man, I don't know. That's all. Uh, that's interesting. I think I'm curious if I, I would be curious. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I would even insist or consider that you should do um, therapy, I guess just because it's been an interesting journey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to last, but I've found it to be pretty beneficial and interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been cool. Like it's, it's challenging. Life itself can be so confusing. I find that like I have a lack of emotional intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. The older I get, um, the more I'm aware of it. And I'm like, fuck, you know. Like, the, but the problem means that you get more of it too. Like usually whenever you get better or something, that's when you say you got none of it. And then yeah. it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually really cautious when people say like, oh, I really like suck at that. Because like sucking something or recognizing you suck at something is usually the, that means you're really better than those who don't recognize that they yes. suck at that. The first time, to, yes. The, like, the, the, the first, like being like sucking, sucking at something that means, you know, on you're on your way to mastery, right? Like it's how you start being skill, skillful, right? Well, you should always feel that a little bit. I think it's important oh, yeah. to I have a, a, an essence of like, well, yeah. And I, I talked about this in when I was in Vienna, but I said, like, I think, I don't know if I said, I think I said this on stage, but I just said, like, we're all just students to the, you know, to art. Like, nobody's ever the master. And to anybody that says they're the master, they're, they're a fucking liar because they aren't. And I said, like, simply I said, look, like, Da Vinci didn't, doesn't know how to use ZBrush. So whatever. You know, like, and that just means that art is ever evolving and not to his, not to make him feel like it, not to say that he no, wasn't amazing. He doesn't know how to use the brush because he's dead. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm, but what I'm saying is art has lived past him. Sure, he'd be amazing at it. Oh yeah, sure. But like he isn't and that's all okay. hypothetical, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm just yeah, joking. Like, yeah. and of course, well, like, that is a joke too. Uh, so. Was it like Michelangelo who was like while he was 86 and sick and he would like still like go up there, you know, like work on the sculpture that was well, that that's was his identity. His, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was part of his identity. So I think you kind of nailed it because like it's important to whatever your daily rituals, whatever you want to be good at, like integrate it as a part of your identity. Yes, and I think I, and so. And I feel like there's there's also like another topic that it's has scary, been, been interesting for me is, you know, the kind of the free will, like you, you probably read or heard about this stuff. There's a bunch of studies that show that we don't have a lot of free will. I heard about that. Yeah. Of it that. That sounds interesting. Have you, have you heard any, any, anything just, about that? Just some topics, like um, some surface level stuff. Like, right. Yeah. So kind of like, like me digging into the whole kind of evolutionary side of thing eventually scary. led me like on, on exploring on that stuff. And that's been like both scary, but also it's like our like, book's oh. already written. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, kind of, and it's, and it's interesting because it's like very sort of quantum physics kind of space when it's like yes and no territory. Like you have a free will, but not really. Mm. And I've been like this. Uh, the kind of a, one of the recent episodes when it was like, you know how, let's say you want to go to bed at like 1am or whatever. And if you miss that window before you go into bed and you haven't done stuff that, you know, makes you proud of the work you did today you're in this weird position, because let's say if you go to sleep now, you're going to face this one of the two sort of two evils, right? You're going to feel like shit now or like you want to feel like shit in the, in the morning that you kind of slept through it. Right. Yeah. And and I was, that was kind of an interesting sort of uh, not really dilemma, but I'd say like this is a thought exercise, right? And uh, uh, you know, like I was, I'm trying usually not to go later than three a.m. Like three a.m. is kind of my cutoff time because mm-hmm. if I do, then I would wake up at the uh, with this sort of guilt tripping kind of mind, where thinking like I slept too much and 
and missing but the if, day. Let's, if, let's say the, right, exactly. It's like a little too late and things like that. And and it's funny because like if if I don't do that, and let's say I still can't sort of like I'm not happy with the amount of work I did or like I still want to go for it, like work a little more, then I know I'm facing this sort of future regret, the future me going to regret me making this decision now, right? Mm. And and the few occasions here and there, you have this sort of desire to like just do that. Just do that because you can. And I'm like, I've been thinking, and this is part of the this, the whole equilibrium we talked about. I think once in a while, the our free will, the way to exercise that is through the self-destructive behavior. Because I've been also puzzling, why do we, why humans have the tendency for self-destructive behavior? You know, you could go like party and like drink and like, you know, next day you're going to feel terrible and you're still going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And it might even be, you know, like, because you would think like, well, at the time it felt like a good idea. Well, a lot of cases, even at the time, you know, going to regret tomorrow, you still do this. So my sort of like, I've been thinking about it and I, I could be wrong, of course, because I'm not an expert, but on this whole psychological stuff, but I've been yeah. sort of experimenting with this in a more practical application where like, okay, can I drive my self-destructive behavior towards something that's actually productive or huh. like at least make something positive out of it? So sometimes on purpose, I just don't go to sleep and then like I make, okay, you know what, tonight I'm going to just do like this whole, I'm going to party whole night just working, but I'm not going to go like to club or drink it. I'm just going to work until I'm just almost pass out just because I want to exercise my free will and my (laughs) self-destructive tendency. Uh And like I would do this, let's say like on the Friday night where, you know, like on Friday night people would usually, let's say 5 p.m. They would take it easy, like maybe go for a drink or just go watch a movie, whatever. And sometimes I'll be like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'll do this because I can't to show that I'm still in the driver's seat. I know it, tomorrow I'm going to hate it because I'm not going to get proper sleep and I'm going to feel like an astronaut with like headache and whatever. <laughs> and I, I like, and I would just go for it and I would like work from, let's say I would start my day as like, as always, let's say nine or 10 AM. And when I would work till like seven or 8 AM mm. and I would go to bed, like just feeling in a way that it's a different kind of satisfaction and pleasure. It's in in a way that's like, wow, it's completely, it was like the whole kind of aesthetic pleasure from doing something that's unnecessary is precisely because it's unnecessary. That's paradox. Like you can work way more than you have to work just to show that you're doing this for your own pleasure. Yeah. Because I feel like as soon as you, re- you regulate your day to the point where it's all regulated, and especially I think if you're like really analytical about your productivity, you're going to eventually come to this, a very rigid system where, you know, like, like I use timer when I work and I structure the list and everything. And if <laughs> you me, always, baby, <laughs> you're right. And like, and you were like, but you, you don't have your free will. Yeah. So like you, you, in a way, like you, you make a decision now for your future self, but when the future self comes in and the play, the future self doesn't make decisions. So the future self feels repressed for not being able to take its, your own decisions. Yeah. Because in a way, like you're, when you plan your life, you plan it also for the person that's going to be in the future. And that's a different person, right? And I would like do this thing where I would just like, you know, I'm going to like party, but with work, I'm just going to work until like, you know, my eyes shut down. And next day I woke up with this feeling that's similar to a hangover, right? Even like there's no alcohol involved. Yeah. It's just yeah. because you're like completely messed up your sleeping schedule and uh, kind of like it's you, you haven't slept. And then, you know, it's like because your kind of circadian rhythms are off, you might have a headache. But the feeling that I have this, it almost feels like this um, reset button, you know, when you do like the defragmentation. Yeah. On your computer. Mm-hmm. And I think like whenever you go like travel or whenever you do spontaneous or whenever you do anything that's kind of outside the program. Yes. Even if this is a little like self-destructive, you will have this feeling of a reset. 
Yes. Because you exercise your free will. And now you combine the free will with the self-destructive tendency. And the reason why, at least I think the reason why we have self-destructive tendency is precisely to show that you're not doing it for your own benefit. Yeah. So like, right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And that's just kind of the paradox. And I've been doing this once in a while. And I feel like this actually puts me back into this equilibrium because I exercised, I kind of showed myself I did this because I could. But also there is like a net sum uh, positive right at the end because there is also I also did some 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 you know cool stuff that I was proud of like the work is good or just I got a lot of stuff done yeah. so in a way that's actually kind of justifies that and uh, so in a way like that kind of keeps you also stimulated and you experiment things like that I, I that's don't know interesting. That interesting no I, I I totally agree and when you're saying that I'm thinking of all these instances that happened like just recently I went and I was like working on a car and I was like, oh, I'm going to get into key shot and make a car. And I, and I started doing it like at 10 o'clock and I didn't stop mm-hmm. until like six in the morning. And I was right. like, wow, this is fun. Like I, I mean, I felt like shit. Right. But I was like, okay, great. I broke the norm and I kind of got, and then, and then recently I just went out to Vienna and I, it was just me. I didn't, I just traveled alone and, um, and I went and saw friends and I drank a lot and it's like kind of uncommon for me. And like, I, you know, I was in social settings, meeting new friends and people and like breaking all of my norms. And, um, it was actually cool. And then I was like, I was, I was yearning to come home so I can get back into a routine. That's when I knew that I was like, I had switched it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, cause I was desiring the, like my bed and my, you know, lists and my computer and everything. Cause I was like, okay, I've done the switch. Now it's time to come back to it. Yeah. Like back to the order territory, right? And now you have your proper like sleeping schedule for two weeks Yes, (laughs) before you go, before it derails. Yes. And and like, you know, I used to kind of feel bad for whenever, like I had a proper, let's say schedule and it derails. And I was just, I actually know it's part of the machine. That's part part of of the machine. It's part of the the process because like when when it derails, it also derails for the good reason because let's say maybe I'm just bored with the work. So I'm like I'm introducing this artificial level of fun and stimulation to kind of or like new challenges or just adding a little bit more on my plate just because to sh- to keep myself sort of interested. Yes. And I think like this is like if there is a if there is one kind of advice, you know, out there for for anyone who's who's sort of like looking a way to 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 improve their work it would be like try to find a way to to make yourself genuinely interested in what you're doing yes. and and by genuinely interested i mean like a multiple layers like the you know you'd have the technical layer like have organize the 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 space so it's fun right like and by space i mean both you know the computer the office where you sit and the you know the ui whatever that is right like the the kind of build it in a way it's like what would be a kind of a machine that is fun to drive for me, right? Yeah. And and like make it make it so it's fun. And and then once it's there, like, okay, if it's no longer fun, change things up so it's you keep you keep the stimulus. You know, like we're wired to like spot the novelty. And the novelty, let's say if you work on the specific project where you don't really get a lot of, let's say, variability on the design or style or whatever. Or maybe you work on something so uh, unexciting in terms of the, maybe it's exciting in the, in, in, in terms of the meaning or the value of the product, but maybe it has a lot of, uh, parts that kind of routine, right? So you have to do a lot of repetitive tasks for whatever reason. And like, I think it's like our personal responsibility to ourselves to find a way to get through those kind of patches that are more routine or like, let's say more tedious in, in the maximum of sort of 
grace, right? Because like you can use the cheap tricks, like you know, can, you could have a movie play and while you're then retopping a character, right? Yeah. Or like while you're doing UVs, or you can like blast some music that keeps you stimulating and like really find the way, the fastest way to retop or the the the, the most fun way to UV. Like there is, because like I've seen like people at some point being growing really fast in their career, and then when it gets a little bit more into routine space. I think it ruins it. They make a crucial strategic mistake. They change their attention to something else. Mm. And I think that's that's a very very like a huge problem for a professional who wants to keep growing because you know the way you got here let's say to a certain point in your career is precisely because you were fully invested in the process. But then you get like let's say you get really good. Let's say you get great. But then you stop like you're like, why are you, let's say, modeling? You're like listening to something or you're or you're watching something else to just to keep yourself um, kind of distracted enough. So you get through this boring task. And mm-hmm. to me, like you can totally use this as a trick. Like, say you can listen a podcast on, on something like on psychology, for example, or on this and conversation. They can, and they could they could like get you through the day, but you shouldn't be. Uh, you know, delusional that any attention that you take away from learning or from like growing your sculpting skill, we're not going to grow your sculpting. Right. Yeah. And that, that, the attention is like at the end of the day, that's, that's all that is. And I think today we're so spoiled with all these attention crafts everywhere. Yeah. You know, you look at the movies, like the effects, everything's full of the effects, everything's saturated. Yeah. Food is full of sugar or salt or like it's everything is bright, loud mm, and yummy. clear. There is the clarity of signal that's everywhere that we forget about the subtlety of things that are more mundane. And we forget how to enjoy those things that are more kind of plateau based. So the mastery book that you mentioned, there is another one, right? Is it, uh, I forgot the, the Leonard. Yes, uh, Leonard. Uh, I'm looking I at it right now. Um, hold on. Uh, George Leonard. George Leonard, right? Yeah. So the, the other, the smaller master book. And Super to me, good. that was kind of, oh, it's amazing. I think that was a mind opening uh, for how to really enjoy those more plateau parts of, of your, you know, career or, or artistic growth in yeah. the most, in the most kind of productive future kind of long-term uh, way possible. And you, cause you, you want to really find a way to enjoy those things, right? You have uh, to. That's the weirdest thing about it is that. Right. When you're racing, it's a, it's a speed issue. I think it's like you're racing so hard and so fast for your goal for so long that by the time you get it, you're going too fast that you just surpass it, and you're like, ah, shit. And then you fall into the next thing, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta run. I was just thinking today. I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I was thinking, why am I fucking exhausted? And I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I moved out and I've been on my own since I've around age 14 or so. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I've been working hard like my for a very long time <laughs> right. and I haven't been taking a break and like relaxing myself. And I was just, I kept thinking to myself cause I want to, we talked about Hawaii before and I'm like, man, I want to go back to Hawaii mm-hmm. cause I feel like that's a place where I can just, I'm okay with just like relaxing a little bit more, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, it, I mean, this is just an excuse. I should be able to relax anywhere. And I don't think that I'll, I should probably solve that inside myself before I, think like Hawaii will solve that for me, but there's, there's a setting that helps, you know, there's, it's like, it's a meditative state that helps. But anyways, I was just thinking for about sure, like yeah. my, I'm, I'll never like really, I, I don't think I should never say never, but I, I don't think I can ever really retire because I, I love what I do. Um, it's like, it is who I am. So it's almost like if I were to retire, but it's, it's more or less like trying to find a ratio of like personal endeavors. Like you had mentioned, like what makes you happy. And it was like, you know, is the work fun? 
And yeah, and, and but I think I think like I think like happiness is like overrated. We're not built for happiness. We're built no. for pursuit of something. That yes, that's a that's out. a Robert. Uh, what, he was talking about that. Um, what's his name? Jordan Jordan Peterson. He was saying I, I don't know. it's it's pretty much like an evolutionary conclusion. If you look how nature operates, it's like fuck happiness. It's like you have to just pursue something. And yes. if you're not, and if you're not pursuing something that you feel like you should be pursuing that you have your brain chemistry all messed up. And when you yeah. have a brain chemistry messed up, it's like one like path, the road to clinical depression. And you don't want to end yeah. up in this state. So I, think, I feel like there's a few things you want to watch out in order to keep your machine running. So like you, you want to make sure you don't never really burn out because the burnout is like, it's a trauma that will be, it's like you, if you, if you break a bone right in your body, you will not be able to use that limb because the bone is broken, right? Like, let's say you, uh, do something and you like broke your f- leg, you won't be able to walk properly, right? Yeah. So like a, a, a proper legit burnout when you're like on three project and stress and everything and you burn out is like when you feel like you don't even want to do this anymore or you feel like I have a long break, right? You need a long break. So you don't want to have that and because that's a long recovery and there is like all kinds of routines and, and uh, uh, systems how you can keep yourself in check so sort of this whole checks and balances system to make sure you don't end up in that space. So yeah. like keeping yourself interested, genuinely interested, right? And having a sort of a, a right kind of pressure and stress is the key. And like speaking of the stress, like the stress is not bad if it, this is your choice and you accept it. It's, it's voluntarily. It's when it feels like it's stress that imposed on you is when it becomes damaging on the like physiological level. Mm. And there's like a few, there's a few really good studies on that. Like if you just Google that uh, and, and you realize that, there, that, that it's not the stress that is bad. It's the stress that it wasn't uh, your sort of choice to accept the stress. It's like the problem is not suffering. The problem is the suffering that feels meaningless. Mm, right. Yes, so like we're, yeah. we're actually okay with taking a beating if we know what is it for. And especially if yes. we like, we actually did, be, we do beating ourselves because we want to yeah. for a specific reason. Yes. And like, we're, I think like humans it's are like really- a responsibility yeah. issue, I think. Say what? I think, I think it comes down to like responsibility, like under, understanding your own responsibility of it, you know? You think, because I, I really think is like, is again, it's like we've been talking a lot about like the evolutionary side of thing is because we're so also wired to, to spot opportunities mm. and, and that if we're not, you know, maximizing our efforts, you know, you're subconsciously going to feel like you're missing out on opportunity. So let's say you have an opportunity to grow or learn something, but you, when the opportunity in your sense would be like pushing a little more. So this, this regret and the kind of a path, pathological, let's say like a workaholic kind of approach to it is when you, you became too self-critical on that aspect. You just feel like overwhelmed with opportunities that you're trying to take, but you can't take them because it's just too much stuff to do. So like if you take them, then you just break yourself like in terms of health. But if you don't take, you feel this guilt and regret that you didn't capitalize on opportunities. Mm. You know what I mean? So like this, yeah. thing, this, this whole thing is an interesting balance because the only way to sort of build this protection system for your, you know, the brain software, the, the brain chemistry is to be aware of all this and like really keep an eye on all the processes that, uh, you know, kind of lead you down that path. And it's like, and they, you know, they fluctuate also, right? During the day, you have a certain chemistry when you're in the morning, certain chemistry when you're like in the afternoon and things like that. And you can totally like watch that, how, you know, how that shift. I think that's actually why I ask you uh, to have this conversation more later at night, right? It's almost midnight. And uh, because to me, like for the social side of things, for me to really be able to open up and have a conversation starts 
in later in the day. Like mm. for me, like in the morning, I won't, uh, it's really hard for me to have a conversation. I can be very creative, right? But like have a conversation is different. And it also has to do, you know, with like the, the, you know, all the centers and hormones and like how your whole circadian rhythm is. Have you noticed when you like, let's say you just got back from, from Austria, right? And if let's say you, you're a bit groggy in the morning, are you though? Are you like a little groggy in the morning? No, actually, I, I think that something like, I don't know what happened, the time shift or I slept on the plane or something happened uh-huh. where I, I'm kind of like in the morning, I'm right to it. Like it's weird. Oh, okay. So, so like but what I, what I was going to ask you, because like I noticed that let's say if I'm a bit groggy in the morning, but I go travel overseas and I come back. And like now my, like actually it's the opposite. Like I'm more, less energized at the end of the day, but more energized in the morning. Yeah. And it's an interesting shit because like you kind of mess, it messes with your whole like circadian rhythm and how, you know, the whole sort of juice of hormones and, and, and chemicals your, your brain produces right throughout yeah. the day. And I think like the whole sort of, uh, the kind of, when we were talked about, you know, the, the burnouts and the plateaus has a lot to do with, with the how you <clears throat> let yourself to be in the some state for too long time and you don't notice when you pass into this critical condition. Imagine like, you know, when a, a lobster or like, you know, whatever the, the mollusk, when they boil them in the, in the water, right? Mm-hmm. And if you boil it slowly, the creature won't even notice until it's boiled, right? There's this kind of metaphor for, for this whole thing where if you let the thing, the process, right, drive um, too long, then you're going to just break it. You won't notice how when it's too late, right? Mm. And I think it, it, it applies to all the processes that kind of like more implicit, like the things that are you, we don't really see. Like, for example, like, are you on the on your way to uh, being burned out, let's say, right, with the project? Yeah. Or so like this, this is something that I think like uh, we have to, you know, we are this, I mean, like we have to really watch for that stuff and kind of make this, uh, I don't know, just keep an eye on that because like if you really want to, uh, have a long lasting career, which I think is crucial in order to get really anything done. Cause you know, it takes 10 years to build a skill, right. And then <laughs> another 10 years to develop your own voice. Right. So essentially it's going to take you 20 years to really have like, okay, your distinct voice and style. Right. Yeah. And if you look at the, at the good, like great like artists. You're basically just starting right there. So right. about and, 20 and years. Like fine. Cause if you look like a great, uh, let's say doctors, they like, isn't like 12 years for like, you become a solid doctor or something like this. Uh, I mean, with your education to actually start practicing? I think like if you like you do that, because uh, uh, I was looking into like, what does it take to get a, a, a psychology degree? Mm-hmm. And I said, like, can I just do it on the side? And I said, like, I think it's like 12 years. I'm like, no, I don't think I can do it on the side. I have, <laughs> I got to finish some other projects first. But <laughs> the, the overall idea was like, oh yeah, that makes sense, right? That sure. it takes kind of the same amount of time like to become, you know, good at it as it is for, you know, us to get, foundation in our profession right and it's a long it's a long sport so you gotta take care of the machine that runs the track i guess yeah absolutely i think it's important and it's actually really good to to kind of talk about that um, Mm -hmm. about the burnout of it because um i've encountered it um quite a few times oh wow okay a few times that's yeah like a lot actually and i think a lot of it comes from just um one of them is me not having a good comprehension of time Mm-hmm. like my own time i guess my own limitation of time i'll just say yes to things when i'm like oh shit what did i just do um and then i have to fulfill it obviously and um like even there was a project that i worked on uh, a client project um that was somewhat recent 
And like, it was so intense that I ended up having to work like 48 hours, you know, like multiple 48 hour sessions. And like, it just, that's, I went literally crazy and it was like super unhealthy. And, um, after that I was just like, God, I like, I hate this stuff. And I, and I get to points where I'm like, God, I I just hate being this person in this industry. And I, Mm. a lot of it came down to just also just my conflict, my conflict and, and frustration with like programs and, and, you know, like, like even today, like I've been using Photoshop forever and like they've changed some commands and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, dude, like what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. and because like to do what we do, at least for me, I know for you it's the same way, but like, and you're much better at mastering your programs. I'm way more loosey goosey with this stuff, but. Well, you know what, like four times more program than I do. So mm-hmm. that's, well, that's, I don't know. Sense though, right? I use a lot of programs. I yeah, probably well, use, I frequent, and it's almost like, I, I equated almost to like I'm traveling the world and I know all these little languages and I know just enough to get like some food, you know, on the street, <laughs> you know, and to like, and I, and a place to sleep. That's, That's cool. About analogy. It. I like it. Yeah. It's, cool. it's all languages, you know, cause it's all right. Both. Right. And like, and just going like back, let's say to this whole Photoshop thing is like you just mentioned, it's again, it's just, it's the kind of stress that feels imposed on you because you yeah. didn't, you didn't Bullshit. make a choice. Right. Cause let's say if you would decide to like, you know what? Tomorrow is the day when I'm going to like change all the commands and you embrace it and you lead the change. You would be emotionally, intellectually, psychologically prepared for it because it doesn't feel like a violent sort of act against your free will today. And like, and now you, you take this and you multiply that and, you know, exacerbate this by the fact that you have a real deadline, you haven't slept for two days. It's like this annoyance that once you build up this whole sort of uh, you know, a package of annoyances like that. It just becomes sort of uh, one of the, you could, it could be a work like a trigger for you to have a legit sort of burned out that you just hate what you do. Right. Yes. And it has and so, been happening a lot more recently, especially because right. of CGI stuff. It's like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's just like, what the fuck? Why didn't that go there? And why did that happen there? And like, but it's also because I'm trying to push so hard on so many things, you know, like I'm asking a lot of myself and the machines. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm so, probably going yeah, so too that's hard. Exactly the, that's exactly <laughs> the trap I was talking about. Because like, if you don't ask, you're going to feel guilty. Like you're not maximizing on the full potential what you're capable of, right? Yeah. And if you do maximize that, you might run the risk of like actually breaking the machine. Full throttle, baby. Full throttle, yeah. right. So yeah. like, what is it heavy, like that uh, the quote, if you feel like you're uh, in control, you're just not driving fast enough? Yes, it's true though. Yeah, yeah, right. I, when I get in my car, I, I feel like when I'm not driving it properly, I, I, I don't feel like when I, when I, when I drive it fast, I feel like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Like, fuck, this thing is dangerous. You know, I gotta be careful, you know, like right, right, yeah. <laughs> that's like, I mean, that's literally the analogy um, applied, but like, no, definitely like there's been some cases and situations recently where I'm just like, fuck, I hate this shit. Like, yeah. it's just, and it's simply because of that though. And it's like some, some motherfucker changed this. And it's like, I didn't need you to change this. Like it worked yeah, but for at me. At the same time, it's, it's your fault that you felt that way. Cause you cannot control what the other company does with their software, but you can control your response and emotions. It's true. Right? If you, yeah. And like at the end of the day, it's all on you, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> but it's also like really frustrating, you know, like, I mean, I guess, I mean, yes, it is up to me, but at the same time, it's like, as a user of this stuff, it's like I've paid for these things and then they keep changing un- against my will. And then I'm like, right. But, but you're not an exclusive user, right? If let's say if there was a team working just for you, you'd have, you could like the rightful indignation could be also like also totally. be 
you know what you guys work for me so yeah. like the, the level of influence you have over this company that's like this independent company whatever you can like write them still frustrating board, though right? so like no no i'm not i'm not denying that emotion all i'm saying that ideally i think as a human beings we want to learn how to control our responses yes again for our own health right? that's what i mentioned like that's my emotional and my, my lack of emotional intelligence earlier yeah. like it's i'm completely bad at it like i am i get emotional pretty quickly about things Mm-hmm. it's my but like my passion too, right yeah because when i say that i don't say that in the way that like oh i'm really good at it. i also suck with that too like if something <laughs> happens uh, it like drives me crazy that's precisely why I'm, uh, i like know what happens there in the brain because I, I actually made an effort to sort of find a way to not feel the way right if something like drives me crazy in a software i'm like how can i make it not affect me in the way it does yeah, and that's and like great. Once you're like breaking it all down, and like next time it happens, you're like catch it. You catch it before it, you know sets Trigger. the forest on fire, right? Yes, yes. And it's and at least when and, and you know what? And I think like the, the, there's this positive reinforcement thing where you know I think the feeling that you got and emotion you got makes uh, a, another emotion that makes you feel even more shit about feeling like shit. Yes, it's this positive. This this I, I, hate should, that shit. I should say negative <laughs> cascade. Yeah, and I yeah. found as soon as you have you know why a certain emotion is formed. You don't feel bad about it because you know what's actually not on me. It's a freaking biology. I yeah. built, I was built a well, way to feel like it. this. So like, fuck you nature, you know, like you shift the you're responsibility. Not gonna, you're not going to take me, you're not going to take any more, you know, mean thoughts from me after this. So like it stops there. You you have this initial negativity impulse, but it stops, stops there, right? You don't let it spread, right? Like a freaking cancer of thoughts, right? So it's like in a way it's like a mental hygiene, Mm-hmm. that helps you to sort of like, as I feel like it's also just a pure time management. Like if you're going back, you know, like five years, we talk about time management a lot. And if you like keep refining that, what it really means, because any negative emotion is also costly in terms of the, uh, the management is, is just time, right? Because like recovery, a recovery that it takes in terms of time of getting back the focus that you need, is actually costly, right? Obviously, right? It, yeah. So, so like being able to like spot this early or like let the whole kind of uh, emotion pass through you or like faster will 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 definitely help. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's and I think just to kind of go back to the actual thing, I didn't mm-hmm. bl- like throw a fucking fit over it. It usually it, <laughs> right. usually what happens is because I'm using so many programs, it's not just mm-hmm. one, but I'll I'll open up another one and that won't work, yeah. and then I open up another one and that won't work. And then I'm just sitting there and going like, okay, all right, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like hold you on here, hold on. Use all these different softwares, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I'm like, I'm learning Houdini right now. I mean, like, there's all kinds of stuff, and 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 a lot, and all of it's self-imposed. I am in complete control of my emotions, but at the same time, yeah, it is kind of a bummer. But you're right, and at the same time, what I've done to kind of help that is, I know my triggers, and I go like, mm-hmm. okay. And I just have to laugh at it and go like, well, all right, well, you know, let me just restart this program right. and, and let me Google it and do this. And I'm just, the the, big, the biggest thing, this is why I tell my wife is like the biggest problem I have with this stuff is I have a deadline that's never shifting. That can't change, but yeah. that just means I'm not going to sleep. And the less sleep I get, the worse person I become. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, it, that's like this, this like slippery slope because you have the reserve, but the reserve is like you don't want to abuse that because no. you abuse your health and which abuses you know you like you everything everything family relationship and all everything. at the end of the day also your earning ability so let's say if you're 
uh, your drive, your, you know, inspiration and just your creativity is what puts the food on the table. Like you don't want to mess with that machine either, right? Like what's it's dangerous. Or like abuse it too much, right? Like, okay, pedal to the metal, but like how often can you do this before like the engine explodes really, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Sometimes I think also, I don't know if like, I mean, I try to look at my life as if I'm, I am in a car and, and, uh, and I am going fast and I'm on right. the freeway of life and I'm going like, fuck everybody. I'm going <laughs> super fast. And like, and that's how I drive my car too. Anyway, so like get out of my way. And, um, but yeah, it's, you know, I'll get a ticket or I'll get a, you know, like an engine. Like if you, if you pin the throttle for too long, right. you're going to run, you're going to run the engine out. So, but, um, I don't know. Like, we had a lot of a lot of car metaphors today. I'm not even a car guy, but they were just <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hang out with me long enough, you will be. Yeah, it's. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think with cars, I think it's just some kind of weird insecurity again from my childhood. So the more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh, it's a lack of having things, and I've used it to kind of fulfill some kind of weird insecurity. And if most car people look back at themselves, that's you usually what so? it I feel like from. it's just one another one of the ways. Just like you know, you can like this music or that music. It's just one of the ways to aesthetically get a certain uh, kick, like that's a certain too. a certain fix, right? Because like it's a car is just such a cool symbol because it represents a lot of things, and at the same time, it's fun on it's fun on the physical level, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, to- I totally get it, right? It's uh, no denying there. It's very, it's very powerful. Like the, you know, like music to me, it's like the biggest stimulator. Like so, for mu- for work, like I listen to specific kind of music, right? Like if I yeah. do fantasy stuff, I listen to that kind of music. If I listen to you know the, you know, if I do some like so like currently, let's say I work, my my priority is this dark fantasy game. I'm part of a very small team. You know, we're super committed. Make this indie game. And like while using, while I'm like doing all those designs, I'm listening to a lot of like old black metal, you know, like stuff that I never used to listen. Like a friend of me got me into that. And it's like, has this weird kind of atmosphere that if a, if a black and white sketch would become a music, right? It has this harsh texture, like kind of a lo-fi sound mm-hmm. that I feel because it's like this noisy signal in a way, right? It, there is a lot of room there for my imagination to spark imagery that is 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 just feels like it's just out of this dark subconscious mind and it's very fascinating it's like this journey whereas let's say i do stuff for kind of my main job where i work also like i work for uh, axon which is the company that makes uh, tasers so mm-hmm. i work on this like next generation non-lethal taser uh, guns and stuff like that and there is like a complete different kind of uh, mindset like i would listen to like uh, dub techno which is like a very sort of minimalist uh, electronic music that's like not too aggressive it's like it keeps the rhythm so it's not, not too violent like i wouldn't listen to this crazy dubstep which like i would listen let's say when i would was working on on transformers i would listen to like some crazy dubstep music mm-hmm. like just really busy like heavy uh, crazy drops and all that so it would it think it's interesting how at least for me i don't know like like the music for me always reflects whatever the kind of project I'm on mm-hmm. in the way that it informs me or like sets my mind in the way that's like, I don't feel like I'm borrowing from anything. Cause like if let's say I watch references and you, there is a very literal translation between the shape that you see to the shape that you draw because you work in the same dimension. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the music, you get to the source of some other data, some other code, because you cannot directly translate the sound into visual information but you can do it indirectly just if you like filter it through some kind of like emotional and intellectual uh, 
filtering system, which is like, you know, the, the software that you have in your brain, whatever that is, right? And to me, this is such a fascinating exploratory experience because that alone, like, okay, listening to a specific kind of music and working on a design, it's it's what creates the enough stimulation for me to feel like the real magic is still out there, you know, like, because you don't want to, obviously, like when you when you create something, you're always chasing this, something that's you feel like doesn't exist, right? Yeah. And for you to get that uh, primal, like this kind of signal that's, uh, you know, you're like you you're trying to find something, right? I think was it like Paul Richards, the the concept artist, who said you don't. I could be wrong, but I think he said something like you don't create shape, you find shape. Mm. I could be wrong. Like he had like this really cool three articles back in the day, like they're um, like I don't remember how many years ago, like five at least. Mm. And, he wrote there were really awesome about design. I think one of the like uh, slides says something like finding design or finding a shape. And I really like this analogy because like, I don't want to feel like I created, I feel like I'm this archeologist who finds a shape mm. and this music in a way opens, it's like works like as a portal to a different dimension that where you like, you, you never really know what you're going to get out of it. Mm. And that, and because the, you kind of decouple yourself, like you're, I'm not a creator, I'm a guide from like a different dimension, but mm-hmm. I don't really create. This sense of portal makes me not as a, not an artist who creates art, but in a way, a person who also discovers it and finds it. And that kind of increases my level of interest because I'm a slightly more detached. You know what I mean? Like this, this kind of, this feeling of, and it's especially evident when you, like there's a kind of a happy accident, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a happy accident and you can say like a crazy mind discovered this, but then a rational mind will rationalize the design into something that actually works and like for the project. Yeah. So you have a mix of this chaos, this chaotic energy, and then you have this rational sort of engineering approach to solve the problem and you merge them together. And I, I feel like there is something there that is both kind of magical and rational and together it's just keep keeps you really interested and, and, and invested in the project i guess that's interesting how you use music that way too because i find that I, I i i have friends that put on like the spotify or something that i'll let it do mm-hmm. ra- like a random thing and i've never been able to allow that to happen because i'm such a control freak with my music <laughs> and right, i think maybe yeah. without knowing it we're doing similar things where i like i know what trance of mind that i need to put my status like my stasis in. yeah Totally. And totally. like, I'm like, okay, I'm working on this right now. So I need this kind of mood. And so I need to kind of go into this place. Um, but then I think it's also, it also causes problems because I'm almost kind of going back into my, my habitual sense where I'm not making choices on my own, if that makes sense. But then like mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. I do like a random spontaneous track or something like a friend of mine will send me something random. You'll send me some random stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. You know, like you send me mm-hmm. some stuff. I'm like, whoa, I've never heard anything like this before. And then, um, but then I'm on a different wavelength. I'm like, I can't even comprehend this right now. You know? Oh, like, totally. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like to me, like you have to, I'd have to even listen to this, let's say album at least once before I can integrate it into like a working music, right? I can't even call it a working music until like, <laughs> I, like to me, like it's kind of like I need to listen it once because then I don't want it to be completely random. It's like, it's too much chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It's this weirdest thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Why? you get, but you put yourself in that state and it's almost like a weird, like white waking state or something. Are you like, and I like the idea yeah. that you yeah, kind of portal. Zone, like it's, it's a legit, you're like in the zone and you want like the specific, uh, you want like I want to make a specific climate and environment where a certain kind of magic will happen. 
Like I cannot control the magic. Like I cannot really control that, but they can control environment where the magic would happen. And the, yeah. the music is, is part of what help, helps to set this, uh, create this state. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's been to me like a very sort of invigorating factor in how to keep me interested in doing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing though. I mean, you have to, right? Because um, it is a 20 year process to get to right. the, to, to the start, basically to get to the state of it. And this is something kind of connected to like, I do jujitsu as you mm-hmm. know, and like jujitsu, it's like you get your black belt. That just means you actually know jujitsu and that usually takes 10 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's a common, and I love that too. That's one yeah, thing I, sure. I remember when I learned that about it, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Cause like you would hear like an, another analogy, kind of the same, you'd hear people say like, oh, I'm bad at math and i heard this guy say like you can't say you're bad at math until you get a phd in mathematics because that's where the math starts so (laughs) if you get if you get phd in mathematics and while once you with phd in mathematics you actually kind of suck at it like afterwards like you don't really progress then you can say yeah i'm kind of bad at math right yeah and the same thing like you can you can say you're bad at jujitsu probably after you get a black belt right because that's when it actually starts right because like once let's say you get all the black belts and if you really can do anything that, yeah, maybe you're not, it's not your strongest side. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. True. It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like that. For sure. Are you, um, are you still doing the sword stuff? No, I had to stop. And just to kind of give a quick uh, background for those who don't know, I did this uh, thing called HEMA, which is historical European martial arts, long sword, uh, for nine months. And, that was a good, a great inspiration for the the game stuff, uh, for some of the kind of research just did for my own, like game fighting and stuff, whatnot. And as I got started, was getting better, uh, and uh, I see the people who started doing the, you know, the sword fighting around the same time I did, but they invested more time, and I couldn't do all the classes. Mm. And in and, and what I like, I really suck at like taking being a novice uh, <laughs> for a long time or like longer yeah. than I should. And like what really sort of got me is that I know I could be better if I started investing more time in this, but I couldn't like, you know, like, let's say I, I was, I had to go like, let's say it was three, three times a week and the class, it would be like two and a half hours long. And I can only do like maximum two classes like that. And yeah. like you have the driving and everything. And I just look at the, the total amount of, of time spent on that. And, uh, oh, it and adds the, up, man. what's kind of, it's like a return on investment. What I, what I invest in, what a return. And like when you, when you like do this, let's say for six months or like a year, you have this very steady growth, you know, every new class, you learn something new. And then you have in this, you get in this territory of diminishing returns, right? When you, in order for you to progress, you just either need to be super patient and enjoy how bad you are, right? Or you invest more time. And usually what I would do, I would always invest more time. Like when I wanted to learn CAD, and I All like I time, didn't, didn't didn't enjoy my plateau. What I did, like, okay, I'm taking two weeks off. I'm gonna every day, twelve twelve hours a day. I'm doing moi like every day until that shit is just you know scarred on my brain tissue and stuff like that. And like <laughs> that stuff really helps you to skip those areas, and then you integrated this into your work and like going like back to art. Let's say like, okay, I'm not doing art on weekends. I'm doing it every day, yeah. right? Like in skipping the weekends sometimes. And so that steady line of progression is the what I enjoy that. And I didn't enjoy the slow progress and I couldn't sort of get myself to keep doing it, say only once a week. So like in 10 years, you'll get the progress. So I ended up like, stop doing this. Uh, I, I still love swords. Like I have, you know, collect some swords here and there. And, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so it was it was definitely worth it. So no regrets there. It's just like I, I it was a calculated decision because I don't want it to hurt my work. My work is the most important thing. So like now I you know like I have little breaks here. I play guitar. So to me that's where I get my break. I still go to the gym for like just you know physical exercise, but. Uh, and when it comes to technique and learning something new, like to me right now, that's, that's the guitar and, you know, playing metal. Uh, and because I was playing guitar as a kid, uh, I just didn't play it for like almost 15 years. It was actually really easy for me to go back into it and seeing the progress and this kind of like skipping the early, very sort of psyche period, um, was, was very easy. And it's good to be like a beginner again, but at the same time, having the, a very clear path on how to not suck as much, you know, and it's like, I know where to invest where like with the swords, it was like, uh, it was like, okay, you know what, when we spar, actually my cardio kind of sucks too. Like I need to just start running in the morning just for the cardio Mm. and the footwork is complete garbage. I need to do just this footwork in my garden, at least like maybe 15 minutes a day. Like to me, like I I look at how many things I need to fix in order to start enjoying this. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's totally fine. Maybe later. It's a lifetime. Right. That's, and yeah, and it's totally fine. Right. So right now, let's say when I do the same thing with guitar, I know what things I need to fix. And it's just to me, it's less of an investment. Yeah. And I get get the positive emotions, I'd say, in a cheaper way. Right. Yeah. Because, again, I don't want it to affect my uh, your main priority. That my priority. Yeah, it's your a priority. list, so, baby. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much it. Uh, that's interesting because I've been right. I'm having conflicts as well with, with jujitsu as well, because it's about a four hour event. When I and do you're it. doing it uh, like is it like every day almost? No, I can't do it every day. Okay. No, fuck that. I mean, I got a life, you know. So, and, but the right. bro- the problem I have is I have the same problem. I am not good at being a novice. I have to be the best at what I can do, and and I really take it hard when I'm not doing well. Right. And the problem is, is everybody that I train with are world class. Most of them are like that's what they do for a living. So I come in there. <laughs> And I just yeah. have to deal with that and it sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it's very dude. humbling. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's I love like, the humbling aspect, but it's like, okay, I can only take so much of eating a shit salad. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, totally. Oh yeah. yeah. Trust me. I do. Yeah. yeah. And you know, with the sword thing, and I'm sure if you people are listening there, they have to deal with this stuff too. If they've done these oh, things, anything, anything you do where like you, like essentially you compete with people who like do spend their life on that stuff. It's, it's yeah. It's and, brutal. It's but brutal. I, one time it was funny. Cause my, my coach was like, why don't you get this? And then I was like, you need to come to my house and try to draw. Why don't you come <laughs> to my house and try to draw? You fucker. <laughs> and it was like, we, cause it, I would only say that because I know him really well. And like, course, I would never, yeah. I'm not dissing him because I've known him before jujitsu too. So no, like, I know, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. But yeah. it was more of a joke and everybody's like, Oh, cause everybody knows I like, I mean, they know that I do what I do. So like, it was kind right. of like a funny thing. Um, sure. but it's yeah it's been challenging and also i think it's i don't know if it's from rsi like rapid strain injury or whatever but i have a really bad pinched nerve in my neck my c7 c6 and my hand goes numb yeah and it's hard to sleep and like all these things are happening i think it could be coming from jujitsu so like it's it's something that i hate to even consider but like the idea of having to like stop this journey yeah Yeah, it's like heartbreaking you know so but it's also yeah it's kind of cool not cool i mean it sucks that you had to do it but it's also for me as an outsider it's like okay um you 
had to also kind of stop something that you love as well because you you have to get back to your main priority. And at the end of the day, I have to think like, okay, well, I mean, I started looking at jujitsu in an interesting way too. I started looking at it almost like as, as a cult almost of like these mm-hmm. people that were like dedicated to this thing. And it was like, they live there basically like, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'd see it in their eyes. I've been doing it for like five or six years now. So like, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like, I see like new people come in and I see them get like super hungry and they eat it up and that's all they do and they get good pretty quickly. But, um, but I, I see just like that kind of flow that happens, which is really interesting. And and I think all things have it really like all, all really great experiences have these, 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 um, arenas basically. But, um, and it's a really great thing. It's just, I have to shift it, you know, I have to go, okay, well, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to compete. It's not my livelihood. I do love it. I do enjoy it. Um, it's and it's very- a difficult compromise, right? Because it, it's like if if you're being true to yourself, you're trying to do anything you do to the hundred percent. And Fuck when you yeah, see, baby, when you see, okay, there is this conflict of interest in a way, yeah. right? You could, you could dedicate yourself. And I remember even like after, let's say, like after, like you have this sparring and like you put on the gear and everything. And you're just so beat up after this. <laughs> I, I feel like I spent, let's say, I only spent like two and a half hours on the class. And, and, but then you go back and you sit, you go, you sit in front of your computer again and you're just like, my hands are freaking tired. Like I'm holding the t- stylus and it's like, it feels like it's 10 pounds because I was <laughs> like, I was wearing the metal gauntlets and it's just like, it's just, you're just so tired and your back hurts. Everything hurts. I'm like, the last thing I want to be doing is sitting like 90 degrees straight, you know, or like staying, if you're like standing up desk and in my computer, because I'm just tired, I want to take a bath or like put ice on my back or something. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, so in a way, it's like when you look at the total uh, price of it, it becomes a pretty pricey hobby to yes. have. Yes. And it, and it all, and, and so it ends in at the end of the day it becomes like, okay, how much you really love it, how much you can't live your life without it. Yeah. And, and that's when a I, real struggle. And that was like, when I, after that, I had this a bit of a vacuum in terms of like, I felt, you know, I felt a bit guilty that, you know what, like, why am I like this? Cause like before I would ride a dirt bike and then after some time I would stop doing that. And I did some other martial arts. I did like Thai boxing. Dude, I even went to like Capoeira for I think only six months or like, like I've tried different stuff and then like it doesn't click when it becomes like part of my identity. Right. Yeah. And then I think like, okay, is this because I'm just like a maniac only about art and I f- always feel guilty? And then <laughs> I would, so, point. and when I was a kid before going into 3d and art, I was playing guitar because you know, in my family, everybody played guitar. Mm. And my mom and dad and both of my older brothers and they even had a band and stuff like that. And when I was a kid, it was just what I was doing because, you know, my brothers did. And, you know, like he would give me like homework and he inspired me to, you know, play like Master of Puppets, like Metallic or like Sepultura when I, when <laughs> I was like 12 or something. It's like almost like you have to do this. <laughs> and, and, then the, and when I was a kid, I didn't really appreciate it. It was just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. And then when I started doing 3D, that's exa- or like, yeah, it's exactly when I start, stopped doing playing guitar because I thought like, you know what, now I kind of have to grow up and choose what I want to be good at. Yeah. Yeah. So I have the same the problem. Whole, right. So after this whole like sort of thing, and because music is what I uh, listen to, to create art, mm-hmm. I had this kind of a aha, aha moment. I was like, you know what, if everything is about art, maybe I can find an adjacent hobby that inspires back the art that I do. Mm. So in a way, I feel like this guilt in the way of investing time, you need to sell yourself on something where you want to spend time. Ah, on. And the only way to sort of sell yourself on this, it's like, have you heard the expression mean maxing? No. 
So like I, I don't know where it's actually coming from, but I, I heard in, in video games where like let's say you're playing this crazy run where like you need to beat the game and like without losing a life or like without leveling up your character or whatever, and you 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 maximize everything you can squeeze out of the constraints that you have, but with the minimum stuff that you have. Mm, and like, I, like I, and and I like that expression because it really applies to the kind of whole terrible tragic human conditions because we <laughs> only have this limited amount of time yeah only have this limited amount of resources and you you know already your your priorities what is the thing that i feel like okay makes me the happiest or like puts foot on the table that's i feel like it's meaningful that's what i do that's part of my identity but you want something else like something maybe a little bit something else on the edge that you would enjoy also doing mm -hmm. and i kind of the ha moment was like wait what if i do something that kind of contributes back to that art mm -hmm. and in art i see like a you know a good example would be people who paint start doing photography that that and then that makes their uh, painting like 10 times better because then now they learn about the art right yeah and so what happened with the music is that like i, I start playing guitar again and then I didn't try to play the music that I knew. I started to compose my own stuff. And I was like, holy shit, that's concept part with sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're doing concept part with sounds. And then I would try to do this thing. I'd like I play like this scale and I tried to play in different ways. And then I went back to computer and I tried to like track the simple shapes. I was in Moi, like the Moi 3D, the CAD software. And I tried, okay, I'm going to use, do like three different positions for the same shape. So in a way, like my music experiment informed inspired me to try something else with design so that mm -hmm. was like okay that's it i'm sold i can <laughs> see me like spending an hour playing guitar and not feeling guilty about myself like, mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of like you want you you want to sell yourself on kind of the, you have the to. decisions in life you yeah. must sell yourself there's no yeah, other exactly. way it's like right. when people go to the gym they're like i'm gonna get this i'm like you have to have it for the right reasons if you don't exactly. have the right reasons yeah. you're not going to do it yeah yeah that's interesting. There's a lot of parallels between us. It's when you're telling me this, I'm like, wow, that, 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 all these things. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're all the same in that manner. Like all the people. Yeah. So if you look like the guys, let's say for them, it's a cult. They, this is all they do. Like, I remember the guy was also in like the, the sword gym where, uh, like a younger guy and he like works this uh, job that, you know, it's not very high paid job, but even on that job, he would practice footwork and he would tell us super excited how he did it. And then like, like in a year, he was like starting winning like tournaments and stuff like that. He was like killing it because that was like his part of his identity and he didn't feel like he's wasting the time. Yeah. So like, as long as you don't feel like you're wasting your time, yeah. uh, that, 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 that you're on the right path. Like I heard this, uh, was it from Nietzsche or something where if you would be asked, like live your life in a way that if you would be asked, would you want to relive your life again from scratch, but not having, you don't change anything. Mm. So it's, it includes all the good and all the bad Yeah. that mm. you would be, you would say yes. And that's a very, very tall order because it would mean like even all the crappy stuff that happens to you, you <laughs> go through this again without being able to, to change that. Right. Yeah. So the only way you can sort of justify that the existence or like justify this hypothetical choice is when whatever you're in the present now, you're fully committed to this path. And this, this commitment is like, is real, right? You know, like you sold yourself on whatever the path you're in 100%. Like you don't have mm. to sort of pull you every day out of the bed to go to do this thing. Yeah, mm, that's very interesting. The interesting thing about the music thing that you mentioned too is cool. And also like recently I just kind of discovered it. It was I started getting back into photography and I found it because I 
my wife and I would take these trips and I couldn't relax. I just couldn't. And I was like, I felt mm-hmm. bad. I just, I was like, I need to create, I need to do something. Where's my computer? I'm, oh, you know, nice. yeah. And I, and I hated it. I just fucking uh-huh. hated it. And I was like, God, I can't relax. And my wife's like, dude, chill out. You know, I'm like, fuck, you know, like I got to work. I got to do something. And I found that like taking photographs is like, okay, I can still be creative. It can be casual if it needs to be. And I could take photos and it also yeah, gets me out. Yeah, and it can out. be hardcore if it needs to be, right? Yes. If you want to like do a specific camera <laughs> shot or like go in depth and technical, like it's like it's a never ending journey, right? It's a completely new skill. Yes, but it's so also nice something to do. Yeah. It's also yeah. something to do in a casual setting. And, and so it's kind of like this way to kind of always be creating. That's always my mm-hmm. thing. It's like I always need to be creating. And awesome. recently I bought, because um, I played bass for like, I don't know, like 10 years or something. I was obsessed with it. And I made oh, you my played own. bass? Oh, yeah, right. I played bass. I was really crazy. I was kind of like the guy from Tool, like Justin, or like Cliff, okay. Cliff Burton from Metallica. I could play all that stuff. Like I was nice. a, I was super obsessed. And I would get like arpeggios awesome. and like, and I would do all these different pedals. And like I was exploring like like different types of delays and, 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 um, like looping and stuff, like a lot of weird shit. Like the way that I play bass is really weird. And I got really into it, but that had to give it up. I had to stop doing it because I knew that my future wasn't going to be in playing bass. I just, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I knew that I had it more, I had a a competitive edge in my life towards Mm -hmm. art. I just knew that because I'd been art longer, but, um, I recently got this thing. It's, it's, um, it's, um, an Ableton push. Have you heard of this? uh no not sure god it's pretty crazy i it's in the box still i bought it like three months ago or two months ago it's still in the box next to my desk and i haven't opened it up because i'm like a worried of what it's going to do to me Um, (laughs) what's that well it's i i i think this is a problem i think you you're more mature or you're more advanced than i am on this i think now i think you've evolved past me on this but i mean what's what's this thing what you got like what's in the box it's what's in the box it's um, (laughs) like i'm obsessed about finding out (laughs) i'll never tell you you have to find it no it's no it's um basically it's like it's in every instrument. That's why I kind of like, I associate it with, it's like, it's like everything. And it's not a piano, but it is a piano. It's not a drum machine, but it is a drum machine. It's not a, it's not a guitar, but it is a guitar. It's like everything. You got to send me the link. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, like, look it up. Ableton push. It's called push. Um, it's insane. It's an amazing tool and it's like a Jack of all trades tool, but I got it because I was like, wanted to have a like a, a release of art away from art you know like uh okay. because i felt like i was getting too obsessed with like all this shit that we do and yeah. um which is good but at the same time i think how you came back to guitar i wanted to do the same thing but not oh go- dude, i saw it yeah i just googled it yeah yes. i saw people using this yeah yeah got it yeah it's gnarly it's awesome. yep it's crazy and it's like all in one all these things and you can go nuts and i have ableton and i have all these plugins and all the sounds and i already mm-hmm. got all this stuff and like i'm fully equipped and ready to go but i started to try and learn the program and it like i had some weird problems trying to figure out how it worked because it had a very weird process Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I found myself like for a couple of weeks, I was just only obsessing on that. I was like, fuck it. I wasn't getting anything else done. And I was like, shit. So my main goal right now is to become like a feature length director. And that is so fucking challenging. So I have yeah. to like dedicate everything that I can to it. You know, I can't be having music get in the way of that right now. Yeah, so, it's tough. Yeah, choose your battles, right? Yeah, and I almost I think I'm gonna have to 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 take a to either give up on jujitsu or take a break on it or something because as much as I would love to keep it going, but my only problem is I need a physical outlet because I sit a yeah. lot. So 
yeah, yeah maybe get a mountain bike or something but yeah these are all conundrums these are amazing problems to have but it, they're they're problems nonetheless so yeah mm. but I, I i that's interesting you, you telling me all this stuff is also giving me kind of fuel to go like okay yes i need to remember my priorities yes i need to focus on these things like yes. my general like you know approach all this sort of dilemmas is that i have this kind of distrust in you know in my ability to make uh, a decision that I can really internalize just because it's rational, because I think we're humans are rational creatures. Yeah. And like it to me, like, okay, you know, I know what needs to be done, but like, okay, in two months, will I still feel like <laughs> I want to do it or I'm going to like find another reason to kind of self-sabotage. And was like, so like, it's, it's in a way it's like, okay, how can I trick myself into like really sort of, I don't want to use for brainwash because it has like a negative connotation, but in a way it's like sell yourself on something that you genuinely, uh, you know, sincerely believe it's, it checks out on kind of like on multi, in multiple departments. Right. Yeah. So like when, when it was like the music thing, it was like, Oh, you know, I don't really have time to like master this whole instrument. But then when I started looking at it, Oh no, no, it's, it's just like concept art, but with sounds. And I'm like, wait, I like concept art. I actually don't mind doing this till I die. Right. Like I just enjoy that. Yeah. So to me, like it's even, let's say if, if it's not you know, like paid or anything, I'm like, to me, this, you know what, I'm exercising whatever the dark portal in my mind to something that, you know, it's like a different dimension, but with a different outlet, I'm like, isn't that interesting? And it's, inter- it's like a change, the change of perspective. And it's like, nothing really changed. I'm still going to waste the time. Right. It's sure. like, in reality, if it's like, I'm still going to waste the time that I could spending I could be spending it on art, right? So the price will be paid, but the it's like with the what sort of emotional baggage that price uh, carries, right? Is at the end of the day, like what you don't want to mess with is the whatever the brain chemistry you have that that keeps you like keep going forward, and you know you're not depressed, you're not uh, you, like you're you're stimulated, you're excited, you're passionate, you're inspired. Like yeah. you want to be in those states so you do keep doing what you're doing because that's a long journey, right? It get anything done or evolve. You need those things. You just need that's to your stay daily on, food. Yeah. You, you need to stay the course, right? And you yeah. can stay the course if you're like dispassionate or you're tired or you're like you're just or doing it for the wrong it, reasons or you too. burn out, right? Yeah. 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 Right. So like so you need to like constantly find those little tricks how to like sell you on, on something and hmm. whatever works, right? Or like, discover yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I think a lot of times we make decisions and things like without knowing who we really are, you know, um, we make it off of like what society thinks of us or, you know what I mean? And, totally. and that's, that's a, that's a mixed signal because we get this, the, the equation, you know, trying to solve, you get the societal pressure, then you have internal pressure that's purely biological that drives you, you know, for all the wrong reasons. But then you have rational pressure because you think that's the right thing to do. And you have all kinds of things. And then you have like you, your friends could give you the advice and then you watch the mm-hmm. tutorial. You think maybe this is good. Yeah. But then also, you know, we're so wired to spot an opportunity that everybody usually has this side kind of thoughts or like maybe I could just change it all and do this completely different thing because you can think there might be an opportunity to just thrive in that. Yeah. And it's also normal. So I feel like there's just, there's a lots of mixed signals <laughs> and you need to somehow like clear it, clear it out, right? Like just clean it up and find, okay, you know what, what's this one? This is coming like from rational. Let's like write it down, like really break things down and systematize. And at the end of the day, like, I think like that's, that's kind of the primary reason why I got into the kind of whole sort of evolutionary biology stuff and psychology is because like I needed a toolkit to break down 
kind of my emotions, my desires, my everything so I can be a more effective machine eventually, right? Yeah. And and the, like the conclusion was like, oh, you know, the baseline is like you're a human. As long as you're me- made of meat and bones, you're a rational creature. That's a given. So you can't change that. What you can change is how you work with this. Yeah. And like this, it's kind of like this path on like, how can I, how can you like do something like whatever you have, what can you do with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I like your approach though. I usually for me to make decisions, I always, I think this is maybe the wrong way to do it. But for me that works is I, I move forward in time with that decision mm-hmm. and I go, where am I going to be with it? Mm-hmm. And then I go, Oh shit. Like I'm not going to be happy here. That's great too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I just project forward and then I yeah, go, whatever, oh. whatever helps you to like find, you know, an answer to, so you move forward and you feel like it's internalized. Yeah. Like the decision, the vector. So you don't, like you don't want to stay inactive, but you also don't want to like change the trajectory all the time, right? You're like it's a fine balance of like having an overall trajectory, right? You're this missile that flies somewhere, but you adjust the course slightly, but you don't want to change 180 no. every five minutes, right? So it's this fine sort of art of self-directing, I guess. I think there was this thing I remember it was like in Todd McFarlane's like The Devil You Know documentary. It's a fun documentary if you haven't seen it. I bring it up on the show quite a bit. Oh, okay. But it's about Todd McFarlane. You're familiar with him, right? The guy who created mm-hmm. Spawn. Oh yeah. He has this really good documentary about him. It's really quirky and odd. It's you can find that online. But it's um, it's he said this one thing where he was like, he's like, you know, when you wake up and you're not happy, you have to look in the mirror and go like, well, what did I do to myself? Oh, okay, that's you know? cool. Like, and I like it's, that. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a common thing we are aware of, but like, it all comes down to like we are able to manifest. And if you're, if you ever, if you're willing to exercise the manifestation of yourself, like really exercise it. Like I just said, like what I do with my decisions, I go, let me push this forward. And if I'm going to do this and I'm going to be willing to deal with this, you know, like this is yeah, my yeah, choice yeah. for making this choice, you know, like these are my, re- these are my proposed like options, you know, and then mm-hmm. kind of work backwards from there. But that can also be too rational. And that also is why, like when I drive my car, I like to drive it fast sometimes because I like to break that like thinking totally, too hard. Totally, you know, yeah. So. And I think like the another thing I can only add on, on to that is that a, a useful thing to learn is not to be too hard on yourself. Mm. Because once you like realize that, you know, those, when you feel, you feel shitty, uh, whatever, right? Like, you, or you don't feel like it's enough, you're not pushing hard enough or things like that. Like all the system that were built into you, not by you, you know, they're like half nurture, half nature, right? It's like, it's the weird mix of the system that they were never really your choice. Maybe you develop them stronger to really get stuff done. But in a way, like, uh, what I'm trying to say is like, as, at least when I kind of discover that it's, if you don't, if you don't feel the way you would like to feel, don't be too hard on yourself because that's actually part of, you know, what makes you human after all. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and, and being able to sort of accept uh, kind of the suffering or accept the, this predicament of the human condition that it's just the way things are, but you know, maybe you can do something about this shifts your attention. So you don't make the state worse. Right. And like, uh, like, I guess we, I, I don't know, like we talked a lot about this topic today because it, it felt like it's just something I've been listening to a lot lately. But like, if you think about like just kind of natural selection and, and how like species evolved in a way, like whoever's alive today, we're in this finals of uh, this tournament that has been going on for a million years, right? Isn't it weird, right? It's yeah. like we're like all the, you know, the genomes and everything that have been selected and anything that sort of didn't fit, it just got cut out. 
Yeah. So in yeah. a way, like it's it's such a kind of aggressive environment in terms of like I don't like not aggressive in terms of like between the humans, but I mean aggressive even in your own head, like in your own yeah. mind. There is just all the signals that are just you've been always pushed by that. Yeah. So I think like being able sometimes to disconnect from it and say like you know what it's just part of the human condition. Actually, that's not what I want. And like, you know what I want, I think like, I actually want to do this and I'm going to stick the course. And like this, this sort of commitment will, will reinforce your sense of control and your like freedom of will, like your free will manifestation. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's been a fascinating kind of journey for me to like, try to look at the art and design from that perspective and, or just career, how you choose the projects or how you don't let yourself, uh, you know, spread thin or like try to. Sort of like it's a different toolkit through which you can um, find a way to operate, you know, the software. Like you like disconnect yourself from the, whatever the software you have in your brain. Yeah. And it's been a very interesting couple of years for sure in that regard. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. I, and, I, and I love your approach. It's cool to hear, like to, to kind of sum, uh, summarize our podcast because, man, we went over quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's we were okay. like all over the place. People were getting like, what the hell are you guys, what are you smoking there? <laughs> it's good, like, though. It's I think coffee. we're, I mean, when you get us both together, like we just start firing on all the cylinders and we're talking about all kinds of stuff. So, and, and I'll, I never apologize for having these conversations because yeah, they're, me too. they're I'm necessary. Sorry. I, didn't, I didn't like none of it's like scripted or planned. We just went all over the place. Yes. That guys <laughs> as normal. But, um, I think like, I think it's really cool to hear the difference from our last one to given five years of difference, mm-hmm. like, um, the change and kind of our reactions to things and how we're kind of yeah. perceiving. Cause I've, I'm still, I, I'm still pretty, I'm sticking pretty strong to my list and systems and stuff and that's working for me pretty well. Same. Yeah, but, for sure. um, but I am also finding ways of having these like fluctuations of spontaneity as well, which is also yeah. good. Um, which is a key point because I think a lot of people that follow you or me and we've talked about this many times is about like the responsibility of removing procrastination and like sticking to your thing and, and having your list and your alarms and like being like a fucking well machined piece of fucking art, art, mm-hmm, art mm-hmm. machine basically. Yeah. But there is moments and things that are byproducts of this and kind of trying to find ways around that. So you don't have burnout. So, um, we're, we're, I think you and I are both learning obviously and incessantly, constantly, um, we're constantly consuming and, and, and that process is also like being exposed as we do these like documents in space and time by doing these podcasts because they're time capsules basically, which is fun. Which and, is, yeah, which is definitely, it's like we're documenting a certain slice of time. Right. right. Yeah. And to, I totally agree with, with what you just said. And, and it's, it's interesting because in a way I was going into this podcast also thinking, I wonder if you would feel the same way, which now I, I think you do, even though we're like, we do, we're like, obviously we vary and I'm glad we're doing like, and how we do things because like, yes. that's where the individuality comes out. Yes. And to me, it's always fascinating to hear other people's perspective. I love it. But what I think is cool, what we agree on is that if you look back, let's say like seven or six years ago, we were like obsessed with this kind of question. How, 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 better, faster, stronger. And, and it's like <laughs> this, it felt like, you know, all those books from like either fraud, compound effect, and you know, all this book, it's like, we're like, you're taking the steroids and like, and this was this question, how? And I think now we're shifting towards the question, why? Yes, right? yes, yes. And this whole, like this ever present, why? Like it's search for meaning. And you know, like they even say like, oh, you gotta like enjoy this again. It's also because we're, we realize that, you know, like, 
after all, we're all mortals. And, you know, you're only going to live that much. Might as well enjoy the ride. That's because all you have is this ride. Yeah. And like you can you can work hard, but don't work to the point where like you're punishing yourself or like it's meaningless. You know, it's, there is no problem with suffering, but meaningless suffering. It's like if you just and when I say there is no problem with suffering, by that I mean hard work because hard work is suffering. Like if you if you, you know, don't feel the pain of self-discipline that you probably could push a little harder. Right. Because yeah. it's very hard to like feel sorry. It's difficult to set up an environment where you don't feel the pain of self-discipline and still don't feel the guilt at the end of the day that you did the best you could. Because at the end of the balance, at the end of the day, it's all about being yourself and and becoming the best version of yourself and not imitating anyone else. There is this quote that I like. It says, uh, I think it's, it has like two parts to it, which I really like. And one is envy is ignorance. And the other one is imitation is suicide. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like kind of that. like the both sides of just one coin, because especially it's it's kind of like I think I feel like I like how we like circle all the way back where we started, because it kind of solidifies this idea like we're living this overly kind of exaggerated, overly saturated, socially connected world where, you know, you see all this art and it's very easy to get kind of a, a derailed by all those, you know, visions out there, like people do this, people do that. And that that can skew your perspective. You might think like, oh, maybe I will imitate this guy and not become this. Yeah. Or there is a lot of, you know, natural, which is like, again, envy is built in, in humans. So like, it's, it's, it's bad to feel that, but it's, again, there is nothing you could feel about it if you have this emotion. But then once you start to breaking this down, that envy is really just an ignorance because once you know, what is it made of? Yes. It's like, why you feel a certain way? It. Then it, it loses its magical power. And by losing its magical power, you start, you don't feel this anymore. And the same thing, why imitation is suicide. That's even better because that's the last thing you want to do is not be unauthentic. Yeah. It's to imitate someone because yeah. like, well, best case, you're just going to be, beca- you will become a copy of that. But if it's not you, if it's not really you, well, first of all, you're never going to enjoy it. But second, you're just going to stop there. Yeah. And, and the life is a long journey, might as well trying to find your own self. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and that's, and that's that, right. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, I love that. Dude, I love this, man. I have to go to sleep. I have to go awesome, and get yeah, myself same. up. Yeah. But dude, this is, yeah. it's, it's been, we can go on forever and, and For sure, we yeah. need to make it so it's not five years in between if possible. Cause I think there's so many fascinating things for us to touch on and so many totally, more things. Yes. Let's and, make it maybe uh, a year or two. <laughs> when it, whenever it works for you, I don't want to pressure you. And I know this is, um, this isn't always like optimal and ideal too, but I think I mean, honestly, I think the episode that we did together had has had such a dramatically positive effect on our lives. So not I'm only because here and I just want to like take a moment, just thank everyone for the, the, you know, the positive feedback. And, you know, that's it's a very supportive community and I'm, I'm just uh, happy to be a part of it. Really appreciate. Absolutely. And same for me as well. Like, um, I don't realize how many people this thing affects until like I travel and I meet mm. a lot of like strangers and friends and people and they're like, they bring up this podcast and how important it is to them. So, and I don't realize that and how important the episode that we've done together is, oh, wow. is to them. So, well, these th- things, thanks for making this happen, dude. It's only you, the fact that you like did this and you know, you didn't, didn't get mad from me, like not doing this for a long time. I'm, I no. appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, and, no, thanks, of dude. course not, but no, absolutely. Thanks. And, 
No, there's 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 so many things for us to cover that I had on my list that I wanted to talk about, but we it got away from us, so it'll have to catch to the next. Well, time. maybe we can do like a catch up that's not too far from it, that's more focused and go on the list because I actually had some questions from uh, from the community that I thought we would address, but we just went like <laughs> in in the space, which I loved it because this is just you know things in your mind that usually those that are kind of have uh, their own gems in it, but. Hopefully we can like address a more focused session some other time, hopefully soon. Yes, absolutely. So if you are listening to this and you had questions and we didn't get to it, we apologize. But don't be, um, yeah, don't be, don't fear. We'll get to them eventually. We'll do it again, yeah. Yes, probably. and we'll try to address those because there are some really good ones that I, I know that we have answers for, or at least we know we have answers at this point. So, but honestly, though, um, dude, thank you for being who you are and inspiring us and inspiring me personally. Likewise, thank so, you. Yeah, thank I you as well. And thanks it. for inviting and uh, thanks for setting this up. Yes. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it, man. Um, have a good night. Try to stay cool out there in that freaking crazy heat. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Yeah. Yes. Likewise, <laughs> yeah, stay hydrated. And yes. everyone over there, too. All right. There we go. Hope that was awesome y'all i think it was just amazing super super thankful and happy to have vitaly back on the show man that was so crazy so much power and uh, i'm just so thankful to have him on so we hope you all enjoyed it and if you want show notes for this week's episode you know you can go to the collectivepodcast.com slash 213 for this show as uh, specifically be sure to check out all of the store items and um, resources on the books page if you have if you're curious about books and all that kind of stuff Um, And let us know what you think of this episode. Um, We tried to cover a lot of things and we just kept it very natural and fluid. So I thoroughly enjoyed hosting it and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Again, big thank yous to Vitaly and we'll see you guys on the flip side. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.